All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken Spoken. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell What's going on? and Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Really glad to be here, have another episode. We have reached 40 freaking episodes, guys. It's been a fun ride, and um, we started this at a very odd time. For those of you who don't know, we started this back in February of 2019, where a lot of people were telling us that's not probably the best idea when you're starting, when you're starting a podcast. And I get it. Uh, we, we, we needed practice. And I think that we've gotten to the place now where we feel very comfortable with what we got. We've had incredible guests throughout the, throughout this, the, the duration of the show. we got some great guests coming up in the future, guys, so definitely stay tuned with that. And obviously, we have a lot to talk about when it comes to Chiefs football, when it comes to all things local. We want to thank all of our listeners from either the, the, the actual Facebook group, The Spoken, those that have followed us on Twitter, at The Spoken Pod. Or any of those people? I mean, we're streaming right now. We've seen the the, the uh, insights of things. I mean, we got over twenty countries of people listening to our podcast. That's absolutely absurd, man. And, and we're yeah. very humbled by that. And we want to thank all of our listeners from all over the globe. We can't even say just from the region anymore. We're saying all over the globe. Thank you all that have listened to this point. Bonjour. I'm <laughs> um, trying to think of other ways to say hello. Gracias. Yes. Is it gracias or gracias? Thank you. Gracias. gracias. Aloha. I mean, yeah, I mean, we've had, I mean, I would say right now we have um, viewership in Mexico has been awesome, man. I mean, just the fact that, and there's tons of El Jefe fans out there anyway, bro. So it, it's really cool that we are getting some of those people out there to listen. I, I appreciate all the support and uh, for all of our sponsors as well. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and say it now, guys. We have uh, Common Deer and Casey Hemp Company that are doing a uh, 10% off all online products. If you just go to their websites at calmandeerbrand.com and caseyhempcompany.com, you go, use the promo code SPOKEN10, numericals10, and you can actually get 10% off your purchase. Just uh, best apparel, in my opinion, as far as local brands are concerned, Common Deer. I absolutely love what Joe and his wife Rachel do. They are they're they're very creative. They always come up with original concepts. Nothing repetitive from what we've seen from other companies. They do a great job. So if you want a unique um, apparel gift for your you know anybody in your family or for yourself for this holiday season, visit CommonDeerBrand.com and use promo code Spoken Ten. Casey Hemp Company's got all the best CBD products for you guys. Uh, whether it's for any type of uh, physical pain or any type of mental issues you may be experiencing or somebody in your family, the CBD definitely helps out with those things. Uh, definitely visit my guy Kyle and his wife Heather at CaseyHempCo.com. Spoken 10, the promo code, and you're all ready to go. So let's get to the sports side of things here at the Spoken Podcast because as we promised, it's all sports all the time. And obviously the Chiefs didn't have a game this week. Uh, there was, there was a lot of football and there was a lot of incredible things we could talk about when it comes to what happened in the week 12 slash beginning of week 13 now, uh, on the Thanksgiving games. But I want to go back to last Sunday, uh, Raiders versus Jets. We talked about this with Darren Smith last week, Trevor from uh, WHB 810 sports radio. Mm -hmm. We talked to him and there was this notion that we really need to respect the Raiders. I would fry for one with somebody that said, because of the fact they've been winning the games they're supposed to, that they're a team that need to be not taken, not taken like as if they're a Super Bowl contender, but you, you can't overlook them at this point because they had had six victories 
at this point in the season. So any team that wins games on a normal basis, you have to respect them. And that's what I was saying about the Chiefs going into this week, even before the Jets game. And then we saw what ended up taking place with the Jets. <laughs> yep. And it was anything at all. I mean, I, I expect – we picked the Jets to yeah, win, Trevor. I fully expected the Jets to win. We expected the Jets to win. I, yeah. I was I was kind of in between for a little bit. I thought maybe the Raiders might have a chance. But then I thought about what you had brought up, Trevor, about the the, the West Coast swing – Teams coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. Combination of that and the way the Jets have been playing the last few weeks. Yeah, I, I think teams well. over the last several years are like uh, 80 games under 500 when they go from West to East. So that was a factor. And the fact that the, the Raiders just don't have a lot of playmakers. Their quarterback isn't a great quarterback. And let's be honest, John Gruden is still not – I've never considered him a great head coach. Derek and it Carr, showed. cold weather. It showed. And, and and they absolutely just got destroyed in, in all facets, all, all three phases of the game. It was close for, I think, like maybe a quarter. It was like three to three. Like the first four and a half minutes. Yeah, and then <laughs> that horrible – that horrible. Well, they scored first. Yeah. Yeah, they got the field goal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, I mean, that game honestly should have been even further apart because of the fact they got that touchdown taken away from the Jets on that review yeah. that's but unbelievable. The Raiders, the Raiders did get absolutely – that's screwed on a couple yeah. bad calls. The Sam Darnold way, the, the Sam Darnold roughing the passer, the yeah. Sam Darnold roughing the passer was absolutely absurd. Sam Darnold was just shredding. They were just shredding that Raiders defense all day. The point was that it was a was a thirty one point victory for the Jets, and I don't think anybody saw that coming. I don't think anybody saw them going against a three and degree. seven, yeah. a three and seven Jets team, and just get walloped like that. I thought it was going to be a close game. And the, the Raiders were going to be a little upset. Hey, they're going to come into Arrowhead, win, win or lose, they're going to come in here motivated. And we're going to talk about you know this game coming up Sunday at Arrowhead, Chiefs versus Raiders, obviously later on the show. So I don't want to go into that yet. But I want to talk about a little bit with you guys about what you took away from that game generally. To me, in any matchup, the end result will always show you more about one team than the other. Sometimes it's very close. Like you could say, well, we learned a lot about this team and this team at the same time. But I think this is a particular game. We learned more about one particular team. And I want to ask you guys, I'm going to give you the floor real quick. And I'll, and I'll start with Eddie. What did you, did you take more away from the Raiders or the Jets? Did this game say more to you about the Raiders or the Jets as far as the end result was concerned? As far as the end result, I, I think it was, uh, it was just, a, I think that the, the Jets were coming into this game, I think scoring five touchdowns in the first drive in the previous, uh, mm-hmm. in the previous five games. Yep. So they were they were hot. They they were due a victory. Uh, obviously, they're not the team that you would expect would beat the Raiders, but they were due for a victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, what the with the Raiders? I think the Raiders got caught looking ahead. The the, the Raiders got caught looking into the Chiefs matchup. They they totally disregarded the Jets. They were like, oh, it's the Jets. We're not gonna worry about it. So they got caught looking ahead, and obviously the score showed them looking ahead. Overall, I think the Jets knew exactly the, the, the way to play the, the play to play the Raiders. Derek Carr, he's not a clutch making player. A lot of people are saying, "Oh, Derek Carr is clutch and clutch and clutch." Well, he was so clutch that they took him out at the end of the third quarter. That's how clutch he was. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this showed us, I think, a lot more about the Jets, uh, the, the potential that they have coming up into the future. I mean, they're all young. They're still young. It's a, it's a young young team. So. Yeah, this showed how the Jets are preparing for the future. Obviously, Sam Darnold, I wouldn't say he's a great quarterback. He's a good quarterback. He's a good up-and-coming quarterback. He's been pretty bad this year, but, yeah, yeah he's got but, a lot of promise. But I think he's he's a, he's good enough to, to be – you know, he's up-and-coming, and I think he's going to be that that quarterback that's, that can lead that that team back into, like, a playoff spot maybe Possibly. down the road, down the road. Like, 
anytime the uh, anytime soon from now, no. Obviously, the Raiders they're still they struggle with shitty teams for some reason, and they've they've showed that game in game out. Yes, they've they've won those games that they have to win, but they've also lost those games that they shouldn't lose. Just kind of like the Chiefs. Yeah. So, to me, it, it showed more about the Jets than 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 the uh, actual Raiders because the Raiders is kind of you're still kind of confused as to who they are, like their identity as as a team, who they are. You're still trying to figure them out, and it's already week thirteen. So, yeah. Um, even though the Chiefs didn't play, they still got to win because of that loss from the Raiders. Um, to me, it tells me more about the Raiders because, uh, to me, it's kind of showing me who they've been all along this year. I know they've been a, a claw, you know, a scratch and claw and fight kind of team to get a lot of wins, but some of their wins have just been, you know, really ugly and kind of fluky on some. That Bears one, I think, was the most impressive one to me. The Bears like, against the Bears mm-hmm. because I think it was in Chicago. That was in London. Oh, that was in London, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. So I mean, on a neutral field against uh, to what I thought was a better team and a, a really good defense. Yeah. I felt like they ran the ball extremely well against that Bears. That was, to me, the most impressive win of the season for them. Um, but I think this next stretch of the rest of the season is going to be really rough for them. But as far as the Jets game goes, I, I, that's what I'm saying. It, it showed more about the Raiders because this is what I expected from the Raiders. I expected them. And if I was a fan of the Raiders, this is kind of what I would have seen coming too. Just as, I mean, we us as Chiefs fans have expected things like this in the past too where we've been rolling. And then we all, we all kind of had that feeling in our gut, oh, this is where they let us down. And this is what the Raiders do every – not every year because most of the time they suck throughout the entire year. But they've been, you know, on our tail all year. Um, but they have been feasting on some bad teams, if we're being real. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've been losing to some bad teams that we should have beat. Um, but the, as far as the game goes, I just felt like it was, a, it was a total dominating performance for the Jets from the get-go, defensively especially too. It was good to see the Jets' defense get out there and make some plays. Uh, they, they got a defensive touchdown there. Uh, Jamal Adams is an absolute stud. I love that guy. That guy is the heartbeat of that entire defense. And that defensive front actually is pretty is, – is actually underrated, I think, in my mind. Uh, but Sam Darnold is finally kind of coming around to being who we thought he could be, uh, using his weapons. You know, they're actually getting Robbie Anderson involved. You know, go figure. I'm not sure what took him all year. Robbie Anderson's a legitimate deep threat guy, and they're finally starting to use him in the red zone. He's quick. He's a good route runner, um, and he, he can make plays. Uh, they got Demarius Thomas out there, uh, Jameson Crowder. They got weapons offensively. And obviously they have a Levy on a guy named Levy on Bell out there who was making plays all day against the Raiders. So definitely I ex- this I expected the Jets actually be a decent team. I was actually surprised they were so bad this year. I thought they were going to be a decent, uh, definitely a decent offense with Lev going over there. And Adam Gase, you know, is known to be an offensive-minded guy, who, but they've just struggled. Um obviously they've had some injuries, but yeah, I don't I didn't believe in the Raiders all year. I mean, I was I was I had them winning six games this year, which I felt was you know, kind, you know, heading into this year and looking at their schedule and, you know, trying to pick and choose what they would win or lose. Um, I do think Gruden's a, a, a comparable a comparable coach uh, to where he can get the job done. But them heading to the East Coast, like we discussed before, like I talked about last weekend um, with Darren, you know, Darren was all, oh, you got the Jets winning? I'm like, yeah, man, I don't – I just the, – the, with the record with West Coast teams going East and then Derek Carr playing cold weather, it was, it was a – it was a bad time thing for them, for the Raiders to head over there. Um, they're ca- they're catching not only all those things stacked against them with the weather and, and the travel, but the fact that the Jets were rolling in that moment. And Sam Darnold was having it coming off of his best two games of the season, um, you know, rolling offensively. So that was just kind of a bad timing thing, and then that's going to be a bad timing thing again coming this weekend. So well, I think I think it showed more 
I, clearly it showed more about the Raiders to me because yeah. of the fact that um, I, I do agree with what Eddie was saying about this young and upcoming team of the Jets. I mean, they, they very well could be. Um, I think that they got a long way to go as far as being any type of contender in the next year or two. I think they have a lot of issues on their offensive side. Um, I don't believe in Adam Gase as a head coach. So, so although I do get what you're saying, and, and you have to give them credit for what they did because they went out there and they beat the Raiders, especially with the Raiders being a team that were supposed to be confident and they were a hot team and you know everyone was really jumping on the Raider bandwagon, especially in the media. Um, but So I'll give, I'll give the Jets credit for that one. But I think this game sh- clearly showed me more about the Raiders, and this is why. Because they were the team with expectation in that game. Uh, they were the favorites in that game. Uh, they were the one that, that they were the better team coming into that game, quite frankly. And there was this I, I mean, I brought it up. I don't know how many other people were bringing it up, but I said the reason why I'm picking the Jets overall is because of the timing, because of the fact that they have the Chiefs directly after this in Arrowhead, where mm-hmm. the Raiders have not done well at all over the last several years. And that's the biggest reason why. And I think that they were distracted. I think they were focused on this Chiefs game coming up, and they got their asses handed to them. And again, we're going to talk more about the Chiefs versus Raiders and what we're going to expect in that game coming up later in the show. But I think the Chiefs were in the Raiders' head in this game. I'm not trying to give the Chiefs too much credit because I'm actually trying to tell people what I think the Raiders are. I think the Raiders bought into their own hype. I think they got focused on the wrong things, and they they did not take the Jets seriously. I think they thought... They were going to go in there, and they were going to win a close, ugly game, and they were going to feel good about themselves being tied with the Chiefs coming into Arrowhead. And that's the danger, and I think that tells us a lot about the Raiders, who they are. They're a team that gets easily distracted. They play to the level of their competition, sometimes to a fault, and they're just not as good as people think they are. They've had a very easy schedule for the most part, mm-hmm. and they've capitalized on it. you got to give them credit because they're winning games. Winning games in the NFL is never an easy thing. But just like with the Patriots and just like even with the Bills, who will give them credit for having a nice win in in Dallas last night, but even with those teams, you have to say, yes, they deserve credit, but who are are they playing and who are they beating? I know the notion that you can only play who's on your schedule. But the NFL season, although it's not a lot of weeks as far as how many games you play, the season's also very long. Things can change so quickly and very slowly over time in the NFL season where, you know, I remember the beginning of the year, everyone was talking about how great the Cowboys are and is Dak Prescott the MVP of the league? Now we look at them, they're 6-6, six and six, and Jerry Jones is crying in the, in the locker room with the guys. Yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. So with the Raiders, they got this hype, they got all these expectations, people actually started to buy in, and then what do you know, coincidentally, sandwiched in between big games – they get destroyed by a team that had no business beating them, let alone beating them by 30-plus points. Right. Derek Carr was f- f- 15 of 27. That's bare- That's under 56% completion percentage, 127 yards, no touchdowns, one interception with a 52.5 rating, got benched before the fourth quarter. Against the Jets, man. Like That's the part I'm talking about. I think that this team got exposed. I think the Raiders got exposed. Am I expecting a massive blowout in Arrowhead? Maybe, but I don't think it's going to be one of those where it's unexpected at this point. Because, like I said, we saw a lot of what the Raiders really were to their core. Because those are the type of like as frustrating as the Chiefs have been this season, and as much as I feel like there is a lot of accountability issues on this team, the one thing the Chiefs have not done this season is get whooped. They have never, they have not been That's blown out in, in over two years. They have not been blown out in over two years. Yeah. That's something I will give the Chiefs. Is even because they've had games where they've been distracted. They've had sandwich never games, trap games. Yeah. yeah, there's been trap games, and they've lost some of those trap games. But one thing we've never seen the Chiefs do is go out there and get whooped by three, four touchdowns. Right. That hasn't happened. 
at least in a very long time. So that's the difference between the Chiefs and the Raiders. That there's been this comparison based off record, and I understand it because at the end of the day, record is what gets you where you're at. Mm-hmm. But as far as what the teams are off paper, there is no comparison. And the Raiders showed it once again. They are not ready for the prime time. They're not ready to win big games. They can't capitalize. That's the kind of game you capitalize because what that does, if you go and beat the Jets, you put all the pressure on the Chiefs. All the pressure's on the Chiefs because no one before the season really took the Raiders that seriously. There might have been some guys out there that said, oh, they're a fringe playoff team. That's not really taking them seriously. Well, especially how bad we've been at home. Right, and that's year. the point. So yeah. all the pressure and expectation would therefore have been on the Chiefs. The Raiders could not capitalize on that. So that's what that's why I believe I know so much more about the Raiders now than I know about the the, the Jets. That told me more about them. And that's where and 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 if you look at the AFC, and this is something we're going to talk about more and more as the, as the season progresses. The AFC is so wide open right now. There is no, I mean, the Ravens, I would say right now, are the class of the AFC just based on how they played over the last month. Yeah. But yeah. the Chiefs have beaten them two straight times. That's what I'm saying. Like, no matter how you look at it, like the Chiefs are a better team than the Texans. But the Texans own the tiebreaker. The Patriots are the worst offense in the NFL, in my opinion, right now, as far as contending teams. Yet they might get the one seed. The Chiefs, probably the most talented team in the entire AFC, may get the four seed. That's what's incredible. The AFC is so crazy this season, man. Like we have, I don't remember a season where there was no like, there wasn't a team where we felt like okay, they are the consensus team to beat in the AFC. As great as the Ravens have been to this point, yeah. can we honestly say that if the Chiefs and them played right now at Arrowhead that we wouldn't pick the Chiefs? Uh, I would pick the Chiefs. It's a legitimate question. That's my point. It's a legitimate question, yeah. but I don't know if I would pick the Chiefs at this moment. And that's uh, fair, but I have a 50-50 right here. That's my point. No, yeah, and it should be. There's 50/50. no consensus. It should like, be 50-50. Yeah, I, the, I, better I team, the better team yeah. right now is the Ravens. Yes, yeah, but absolutely. But matchups make everything. Matchups is everything. Because I'll say this. proven to beat them and not play them, outcoach them twice. I'll say this. I, I, if as a Chiefs fan, just my personal opinion, and I know this might sound crazy, but hear me out. I would be more afraid of a Titans matchup than a Ravens matchup in the playoffs with the Chiefs. And here's why. Yeah. Here's why. It's not because the Titans are better, because they are not a better team than the Ravens. I think anyone from that division, I'd be nervous to play. Trevor just said it, though. The matchups are everything, especially in the playoffs. You do not have to be the better team to win games because if you have something that hurts that other team, you win that game. You can almost almost always guarantee that you're going to at least be in the game all game. The reason why the Titans are such a horrible match of the Chiefs and why I'm scared to death that they end up making the playoffs because they still very much can. Uh, yeah, They still very much can. They're, I'm not saying they're going to. They can't. Here's the point. They run a power-style offense. Mm-hmm. That is something the Chiefs are horrible against. The Ravens are a finesse-style run game. They have yep. Both teams run the ball a lot. Right, but the Ravens are more finesse, flashy, and yeah, yeah. And, and although the Chiefs didn't play great against them, and was it week three? Right. Although they didn't play well against them, the Chiefs won the game. That's and without Tyreek Hill and Eric Fisher, right. and Frank I Clark think, was still hurt. Yeah, I. But I think if we did say we did see the Titans again, I actually wouldn't be that afraid because because of of the fallout that we dealt with the first time we played them this year because we had a terrible game plan defensively. Well, Mike Nell would sure as hell well, play I, I, that that <laughs> and yeah, personnel is definitely a problem that week. And the game plan, like like Spag said, they didn't expect Tannehill to be running. Well, you know, as shitty as it is to hear that, and as unacceptable as a fan to hear your coach say that they weren't right. prepared for an athletic quarterback to actually use his legs. Regardless, okay, let's let's wipe that away. That would change this time around. Right, we would be more prepared for Tannehill to use his legs, especially in the red zone when we let him run it, run Thornhill over to get in the in the end zone. That I don't think would happen. I think we would neutralize that. I think we would definitely contain Tannehill as. 
awful as that is to even come out of my mouth, <laughs> we would contain Tannehill and we would, we would, I think we would allow enough running, but not too much to where they would overrun us. But I know Derrick Henry has been the kryptonite of ours, man, playoffs and regular season. Yeah. It's frustrating. It's very frustrating, and that's that's what I'm saying is that as crazy as it sounds, the AFC is just one of those beasts right now that mm. you cannot predict because there are literally – I know I know everyone wants to talk about this. It's a two-horse race right now, and I think the Chiefs are going to get back into that as far as the national narrative is concerned. Yeah. People By the end of the season, people are going to say this is a three-team race. It it'll, be the, it'll be the Chiefs, Ravens, and Patriots. Yeah. But would it honestly shock you at this point, as crazy as this year has gone, if the Texans are in the AFC Championship? Yes, I don't believe in Texas. I'm not so. saying that I'm picking them. I'm saying yeah. that as crazy as things have been, because again, they own the tiebreaker with the Chiefs, which means that if it came down to it, the Chiefs would have to go to Houston. Got to win some games, though. I get that. My yeah. point is the AFC is so damn unpredictable. We don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, what are there? What are there? Four teams right now that are five and five or six and five right mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Like there's so much that can happen. The NFC is pretty much like you know who's winning their divisions right now. At least yeah. I mean the Seahawks could still end up winning their division, but the the Niners are probably the best team in the NFL right now. And you have these solidified teams that are going to make the playoffs for sure. And the AFC, there are about five teams right now that either could win their division or miss completely. And that's crazy to think, man. At this point in the season, there are like three teams that may not miss, may not make the playoffs or may win their division. Like the Titans, Texans, and Colts could all three win the AFC South right now. The Bills are not even out of the race in the AFC East. Like they have two, they have two fewer losses than the Patriots. So you're thinking, oh, it's a guarantee the Patriots win. It's not. The Bills and the Patriots have to play one more time, and the, and the Patriots have to play the Texans and Chiefs back-to-back. They very well could lose one of those games, and they have the Bills again. So if the Bills and Patriots play again and lose, or the Patriots lose, they have the same record. Like, that's crazy to think, man. So there's, like I said, there's so much unpredictability, and it's so exciting. This is all the more reason why the Chiefs have to take advantage of that. And we're going to talk more about that in the show, and we're going to take a small break because when we come back, guys, we're going to update you on the injury report for the Chiefs, it's a lot of healthy guys, but there's been a couple names out there that are still still sticking out, and I want to address those as well. Get back to that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number two. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. What up? And Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. Hey, man. A lot of people missed the yo-yo-yos last week. I'm just letting you – I think that they're getting sick of this whole, like, absent thing you're trying to play. Like, everybody knows that you're trying to get this degree and everything at UMKC. But it's 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 time that you start prioritizing the podcast over anything <laughs> else going on in your life, Eddie, because I'm getting sick of people telling me, hey, man, it was a good podcast, but uh, no, where was the yo-yo-yos? And I, I'm getting sick of having <laughs> to be your – I'm, I'm sick of being the brother's keeper around here is what I'm trying to say, Ed. So if we can okay. stop that shit, that'd be great. I'll put my degree here. Shortly, Thank you. So. Really appreciate it. You got to make the sacrifices yeah. necessary. I know you want to be, I know you want to be Horatio Sands from CSI Miami. You're lacking the red hair or hair in general. And you don't have enough, you don't have enough, you don't have enough black suits. You ever notice that on the show? He always had black suits and it was like Miami. 197 yeah. degrees outside. I don't care. And this ginger is out there walking around with black, <laughs> look like Johnny Cash. Oh, He's in agony the whole time. He's just soupy under that. The show made ten seasons. Uh, anyway, uh, so the Chiefs uh, released the official injury report. As it currently stands, there is only one player for the Chiefs that is actually out for this game, and it is running back Damian Williams. He had a 
not a severe, but a, 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 rib, a rib injury enough to where it's holding him out for a week. Yeah. Even after a bye week. Right. Um, so he sustained it in the Chargers game, and it looks like uh, they're going to be running with uh, LaShawn McCoy, Daryl Williams, and there's even talk that Darwin would get his shot. I think he'll get some play. In this game, probably later in the game as the game progresses, depending on how it goes. We're up but, by 30. We'll let him go out there and, you know, <laughs> test it out. Yeah, I, so, I won't be I won't be pissed too much if that's the case if Matt Moore and Darwin Darwin Thompson are leading the team out there. in the fourth quarter. But Darwin's got big playability, man. We can see. Um, see that. Yeah. So Damian Williams is the only player that's out. That means that uh, Manuel or I'm sorry, uh, uh, Alex Okafor is going to be mm-hmm. playing this week. We've Jeez, missed him since geez. the Packers oh, yeah. game. Uh, so that's been nice to have him back for the pass rush and run stopping ability. They need that for sure because of uh, Manuel Ogba being out for the season, who is leading the team in sacks. Um, so now that they got him back, Frank Clark is is rolling mm-hmm. per se. Um, I still have my concerns about Frank. Kendall Fuller is yeah. supposed to be back as well. And so you're looking at the team right now getting ready for this game. And again, we're going to be talking about this later in the game, later as the show goes on. But um, the, the the Chiefs are about as as strong as they've been, as healthy as they've been all season. Um, there was a number that came out earlier today that I heard that um, Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill have only played together on 19 yeah. percent of the plays offensive plays this season. That's just that's lunacy, man. And, and Eric Fisher's only played 19% of the snaps as well. You're getting all these guys back. Um, something I had mentioned on Twitter the other day was that, you know, when it comes to the Ravens and the Chiefs and, you know, how, how are the Chiefs going to play them if they end up having to face in the, in the playoffs? And I look at it like this. Look, I have a lot of cri- criticisms on the Chiefs so far this season because I think they're valid. I think the Chiefs have beaten themselves. No one in the, no one in the league has beaten the Chiefs this year outside of the Chiefs. And I've always said, and you guys ask me, Who's the team that the Chiefs should fear the most in the playoffs? It's the Chiefs because no one beats the Chiefs other than the Chiefs. And that's what I'm saying. So you look at the the Ravens game, and it's a big win. Chiefs win 33-28. to The Chiefs didn't have Tyreek Hill or Eric Fisher in that game. And Frank Clark was nowhere near the player he was now than he was back then. I mean, he was was in a no-show for weeks at a time. And the Chiefs still squeaked out a five-point victory. So now that you're looking at the injury report and you're seeing the team as healthy as they can be, I can't help but get get optimistic about things. And I'm not trying to be the guy that, that wavers from one week to the next, but that's kind of how the season has been to this point. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but it feels like, and Trevor mentioned this last week on the show, mm. that it's, it's, it's a week-to-week basis. We don't know what team we're getting. The Chiefs can come out there and look sharp. They can really establish themselves as the better team or they just don't, and then they lose like they, do it, they did against the Colts, 19-13, to 13, in the most frustrating fashion of all time. And that's the that's the thing that we need to see this week. And I, and we're going to talk, like I said, we're going to talk more about this this matchup later on in the show. Mm-hmm. But now that you see the offense and the defense starting to get as, as healthy as possible, how are you guys feeling about this team right now? Do you believe that they can get closer to what they were in 2018 offensively, or do you feel like that's just kind of out of reach? They just need to make do with what they have. Uh, for me, I think I think it, it might it might it might just be out of reach. You're already looking at week 13, and we've been still uh, to this to this day we we're still struggling with injuries. And, and even if we're healthy, we come into the week being a healthy team, being being all there offensively, defensively, but we always manage to get an injured like an injured player somehow in, in the offense or the defense. It, it happens. Uh, I don't think this team has the same explosiveness as as it did a year ago. Uh, yeah, they're great. They're still a great team. It's still a great, uh, fun team to watch. But if you had to compare them between uh, the Chiefs and, and the uh, Ravens offense, offense wise, fun like uh, as in like fun watching, mm-hmm. you rather watch <laughs> the, the Ravens because they're more fun. They're more fun. You, you got Lamar Jackson doing those crazy runs. You got 
they're, they're uh, the Chiefs of last year. Yeah, yeah. they're the, exactly. Yeah. So they're a different style, yeah, but exactly. the same entertainment. Yes, purposes. so they're more fun to watch. So the Chiefs have been struggling with injuries this year compared to last year. Last year they didn't struggle through through injuries with injuries throughout the entire season, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and then this year it's been constantly, constantly, constantly fighting with injuries. Like you said, Tyreek and Patrick Mahomes have only played 19% of the of, of the snaps. And that's a, that's together. Not much. together. Yeah, that's yeah. not much. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you ha- also you had Patrick Mahomes missing two games, two and a half games this season. Eric Fisher was gone for like half the season. So I don't, I don't, I don't, I won't see the Chiefs becoming that explosive. I mean, you're already week 13. Uh, I think more like what they have to do now is kind of just go out there and win the games. You know, the flashy and all that stuff, you you need to put that behind you and and you need to focus more on just getting the victory one way or another. You just got to keep on moving. Yeah. um, The question is, do I think the Chiefs will get their explosiveness back? And will we see similar to what we saw last year back this season as far as for this home stretch? leading into the playoffs, to me, the answer is yes. And I think it's inevitable. Um, I think we have to find that identity again. I think we need to bring that that style back because that's how we won games. That's how we were beating teams. Granted, I do think defenses have started to capitalize on taking the, uh, the over-the-top plays away from us for the most part. A lot of teams have been playing, you know, um, a couple guys back deep to kind of two safeties deep. Um, or two DBs deep, deep, however they want to do it, or they'll blitz a safety or however. A lot of the defense, especially like the Titans and uh, uh, um, even the Chargers, played us really well as, uh, as far as um, capping the big plays. But like you said, we didn't have Tyreek most of those, right. those games um, for the most part. Um, so, yeah, like the injuries, yes, a lot of things have gone wrong for us this year, which has led to us having more uh, moderate game plans offensively. Um, but and, and last year was the polar opposite of that. We had everybody healthy all year, pretty much outside of Sammy for a couple of games, and our offenses were unstoppable. You know, and it's not like people didn't have film on us last year; they just couldn't stop it. You know, even teams were trying to take the over-the-top plays away from us. But we, yeah, we did have a cream hunt, which uh, helped balance out the offense a little more. We had a dominant running Pro Bowl running back. Um, but I do expect this offense, and I think we're going to see flashes of what we saw last year with because. Uh, the main reason for me is Mahomes. Mahomes has not been healthy all year long. And we played, you know, a, a good, regardless of what you think, this past, this past game, we played a tough Chargers defense. It was very good at getting to the quarterback and very good, has has good corners. They've, they've obviously had their struggles with health as well. Um, but that is a solid defense. We saw them hold, what, the Packers to nine points, I think. So, I mean, that's a respectable defense. Um, but... Moving forward, I definitely, I definitely expect having Tyreek back healthy. Mahomes, a hundred percent, is is close to hundred percent as he's been all year. Um, if Sammy can get out there and play, that's huge. Travis Kelsey has been consistent all year. I mean, he hasn't really had a blow up game, but those are to come. I still believe this season. Um, and if we can get any kind of running game really going to balance out and you know complement our passing game, I, there's no reason for me to believe that there's we won't see the just, our offense come back. Yeah, because if you, oh, go ahead, Eddie. Sorry, just I mean, just talking about the Chiefs in general, like. It's a lot of ifs to me, you know. If we do this, if we do that, if we do, and, and I think the Chiefs have have already like done enough this season to where you're kind of like, okay, like we're we're stuck at a certain place just because of the injuries. Well, we, let me tell we you why. Why we, we can't do we can't do we can't do a lot more because of the injuries. We're, so I, we're I not think, injured now, though. That's what I'm saying. No, but yeah, but 
coming into this game, you're not injured, but at the same time, you you're worrying about. You can't worry about that. that, though, that man. But that's the thing. Yeah. That's what the Chiefs have been dealing with week and week. And yeah, because week we've had week. injuries, but in this but, moment right now, there are there is none. But that's what I'm saying though. Dealing with week after week, you're, you you got to kind of think to yourselves like, holy shit, like, will we get another injury just because we simply have dealt with back to I back just, to I back. just don't – I don't – I when I put myself in a professional coach's shoes, I don't think you think that way. I know – I think Andy Reid is extremely confident in this offense and he knows we can go out there and do this. And regardless, if he wants to, you know, pull back the reins a little bit and just, just squeak out wins – you know, and win that way, fine. But that's not how we've won with Patrick Mahomes. We've won by by destroying people and being getting up huge. Well, that's that's true in the past. But like, the, okay, injuries aside, the Chiefs' offense was still more talented than almost every other offense Sorry. they placed all all season. And I'll say this real quick: going into Week Twelve of last year, which was the bye week last season, as is this season, the Chiefs had scored thirty five or more points seven times. Right. The Chiefs have done that once this season. Yeah, the Titans you, have more forty point well, games. Let me than tell the you why, though. This year. Because we haven't been aggressive in the red zone. And that's my point. Though, we're getting we're getting to the red zone just, just as much as we were last year. We're just not capitalizing. That's the, that's the thing. We're selling yeah, for too many. There's a difference in mentality, though. It almost seems with Andy Reid because of the fact why that, is that, though, that well, that's a injuries. problem. It's it, it, not not. Be, and I don't think it's because injuries right now. I think because I think it has to do a lot of with the injuries because we've had injuries. We've had Tyreek out of games. That's not the case. Back a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what we saw in the Chargers game. You saw him clearly just put it – they put the game – like he felt that's like they put the, the game on ice. They didn't. The though. field was shitty. That's why. Well, this is my problem with that. Ty- if, it is a, if it is about injuries though, then I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay that's with – I'm, I'm not okay with that mentality of playing it's conservative because it's not like the Chiefs have anything locked up right mm-hmm. now. As much as I think we all agree the West is won, mm-hmm. that the Chiefs are more than likely going to win the West. They're going to make the playoffs and all that other stuff. There is nothing guaranteed yet. We you just got to talk about how the AFC is so unpredictable. You play scared, man. Exactly, and that's, that's the issue I'm having. And it's so football. when it comes to how I feel about this team right now, this is why – this team is frustrating the hell out of me because they're winning games. Like they won the Chargers game, but we talked about this after that game about how it was such a bleak feeling you get out of it, and that does matter. the The way you win games does matter. I know everybody says a win is a win. That's not always true mm. because if the if the Jets would have squeaked out a last second field goal, the Raiders are feeling a lot better about themselves going into Arrowhead this week than losing by thirty one. Yeah. So it isn't about whether oh it's a win and a win or a loss is a loss. No, mm. there is there are style points to things. You have to equate that. The Chiefs were blowing teams out last season. Yeah, and that's and that's who we are, but we lost that identity this year because right. we've lost bodies. And I don't that's see, it. I don't see the equivalence in confidence either. And right. I, but, but here's sure. the thing: although injuries, I do believe, obviously play their part. Mm-hmm. Losing Kareem Hunt, I know we're going to talk about that. Yeah. You know, we talked about this a hundred times. Lost the this, there is a reason why I talk about Kareem Hunt, though. Mm-hmm. I had, a, I had a, 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 a guy that listens to the show uh, contact me this week, and he said, "Why do you guys keep bringing up Kareem Hunt? Why do you guys keep bringing up Marcus Peters?" I said it's very simple. It's not because I'm sitting here like trying to reminisce on the good times. Somebody's got to keep this team accountable, and it's us fans. The team only makes changes when we demand them to make changes. If the Chiefs fans were not all up in arms and say we're done with Alex Smith like they finally did in 27 or 2016, right? you think they trade up 17 spots to get Patrick Mahomes? No, because they were winning 10 games a year, and they were making the playoffs. They're making money. They weren't, there, were, there was no urgency there. So when the fans finally said, man, fuck this. There's five years of this is enough. When fans finally, when Patrick Mahomes finally said enough with Bob Sutton, he was gone. So when I talk about Kareem Hunt, when I talk about Marcus Peters, I'm talking about the move, not just the player. 
Those moves, I get that Kareem Hunt fucked up. He had a horrible situation go down in Cleveland. Not defending what he did or didn't do. But the Chiefs had options. They could have suspended him for the rest of the season and still have this guy for the rest of the next season, and this offense goes back to what they were. Now you're seeing the effects of not having that guy back there. How much of a run-by committee it is now. Andy Reid trusted Kareem Hunt on that field. This offense was totally different. Like Darren Smith said last week, there was always someone wide open because of him being just in the backfield alone and being able to catch out of the backfield like he did. Marcus Peters, same situation. You didn't get trade value in return. Look what he's doing. Look what he's doing with the Ravens right now. Already two pick sixes and four interceptions in total. Leading the league once again in interceptions. Has 11 more than the next guy since 2015. You just let that guy go. So it's not just about the player. It's about the move. Did it benefit you? No. So we got to keep this team accountable. It's no different than draft picks. If they fail, we got to do what? Criticize it. Well, it's a matter, if it, it works, it's a matter, and it's a track record. Sorry to interrupt you. It's a track good. record of this. Honestly, it's an embodiment of this city. If I'm being real, I love my city, but we've been so critical of black athletes that are that are standalone entities outside of the franchise, and they have the, their own voice. And it's been an issue, man. And it has. I feel like this franchise gets pressured by the fan base too much. I think that's starting to kind of change a little bit because of the because of Andy Reid. Andy Reid's ability to bring in, you know, quote unquote, trouble players or whatever. But with Peters, man, like we all knew we were better with Peters. It was never a question whether we were better with Peters or Kareem Hunt. Uh, obviously, the Kareem Hunt situation, a little more uh, a little, tough, little, tough yeah. to deal with as far as, you know, or the as perception a fr- of yeah, as, uh, as a, a franchise. franchise it's kind of it's kind of like a little bit more difficult in that in the right. Kareem Hunt situation. And the situation. fact that, you know, there's pride involved and you, you know, when you yeah. get straight up lied to, when you give them every opportunity and athlete every opportunity just to come clean. I, I truly believe if you would have came clean, he would be on this team still. I, I agree. And I, yeah, I don't so I don't mean to make this into yeah. another Kareem Hunt, Marcus Peters segment. I, I bring that up just for the simple fact that we have to keep this team accountable. We have to keep this franchise accountable because we also have the expectations that we have never had in our lifetime. Yeah. And maybe in the early 90s when Dan or when uh, uh, Joe Montana came here to Kansas City for those two and a half, three years, right. there, there was that expectation that this team could make the Super Bowl. But outside of that, in our entire lifetimes – We've never had these types of expectations where we have our owner, Clark Hunt, who's been a notoriously quiet behind-the-scenes owner, come out and literally say on the franchise, the the what was it, the first episode of that, where he said that anything less than a Super Bowl appearance is not a success. The bar was set by him, not just us fans. Of course, we always want to see that. Of course, we're always going to expect that our team does what it takes to get to a Super Bowl. But when your own owner is saying, hey – we need to get to the Super Bowl. We need to go get that 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 trophy that my, has my dad's name on it. That's what that's what I'm talking about. So this team, as currently constructed, has not lived up to that hype. The good thing, and I'm not. This is the positive side of this. I know people think I just like harping on this team, but there is sunshine between the clouds and all this. The Chiefs, and it is about the health. The Chiefs are as healthy as they've been all season, and they're going in a stretch now of the season at perfect timing, where you have three of your five games are division games at home. That's the best part. You get the Raiders this week at Arrowhead. You'll have in two weeks uh, or three weeks from now the the Broncos at Arrowhead. And then at the final Week 17 game, Chargers at Arrowhead. To me, those are three victories. As the current construction, that puts the Chiefs at 10-6. and You can sneak a victory in New England or you can sneak a victory in Chicago. You're looking at 11-5 or 12-4. So there is bright sides to this because, as I've said it already three times, the AFC is so damn unpredictable. The Chiefs run the table. You're, you're still in play for the one seed. As crazy as that sounds, 
The Patriots could lose. The Patriots had two victories this year of 13 and 9. 13 to 9. That is not going to happen every week in this NFL. You're not going to be able to win games consistently 13 to 9. Well, they won the Super Bowl. I get that. My, but here's the thing. That also that also told us a lot about the Rams, too. They got exposed. And so that's my point. And, and that's my – and all of this, what I'm trying to get out of this, this conversation is the Chiefs are in a place now where they have – this season all along has just been so frustrating. We, we've expected so much more than what we've gotten. They've had the excuses of the injuries. They've had the injury excuse. Well, we've been banged up. You're not banged up anymore, like Trevor said. Right. That excuse is out the window. Can't, it's so funny. Use that. It's so funny that I posted that on Twitter like two or three days ago about their excuses are done. Had a lot of responses on that. And then Arrowhead Pride yeah. simultaneously puts that out there. It was like we were thinking the same thing. Like there are no Andy Reid year seven. I think that's an embodiment of what the fans are feeling right now. Like everyone's like, okay, you know what? We, we know who you guys are. We know who we saw last year. That was the identity because we did it all year last year. Almost every single game we were putting up, we were averaging, what, 35 points a game? So, I mean, and now we're averaging, what, 28? And it's, it comes down to, to putting six on the board when we're in the red zone. That's literally what it comes down to. Yep. We're, like, we're like 25%, I think actually 30-something percent uh, lower rate as far as can, uh, finishing drives in the red zone. Yeah, and I think this year it on its own put put Andy Reid on the map on a lot a lot of Chiefs fans. Yeah, a lot he's, of, a he's lot been of, on the hot seat all yeah, year. A lot of fans were all up, all up on Andy's balls. You know, he oh he's gonna oh, take yeah, yeah, boy, yeah. this and that, this and that. Oh, there's it, all out there. Well, yeah. I know there's a lot out there. Yeah, it's but, warranted, it but be. but I think but I think now as this as this season has progressed, it has put a lot of fans in, like into kind of like that 50-50 mindset to where like, man, is he really the coach to take us to the Super Bowl? Like. Ah, it's like we've lost those games that we had no business losing. Right. Like the Titans, we had no business losing. Like we game. talked about before the show today, Eddie. Andy Reid is such a frustrating coach because of the fact that he's done so much in his yes. career that you defend him naturally. Like, man, well, look at all these wins and look at you know what he's done with teams like with quarterbacks that had no business winning and they win and they do all these things and he gets some big contracts and things like that and a second chance head coach. But then he does things like lose to the Titans. And then lose to the Titans in the playoffs at home, and you're up twenty-one to three. That, that game to me was more on the defense. Or lose, you score two teams. touchdowns against the Steelers. They score six field goals and win. Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. They it's only under the Andy Reid when they moved on from Andy Reid. Yeah, they struggled a little bit, but then they they, they gambled on Doug Peterson. Ironically, and, was Andy Reid's Andy assistant Reed, coach exactly. and <laughs> right. took him to the Super Bowl. Right. So, well, yeah. that was a very so, talented yeah, roster already, but yeah. But, I mean, our, our roster is talented. I For think sure. it's more talented than the fucking Eagles right roster. Right now, yes. Yeah, I, I, I'll was, say this. Had, that was I, a good have, Eagles team. They we have no Bowl. business not making it to the Super Bowl this season. I agree. That's yeah. what I've been saying. That if you look at the Ravens and Patriots, as talented as those teams are, you can make the valid case that the Chiefs are more talented between those two teams. But of, of the three teams, the Chiefs are the more talented. Dude, how many times so, as Chiefs fans have you seen us beat the teams that won the Super Bowl that year in the regular season? Like when we beat Seattle year. and they won the Super Bowl. Right. Or beat the Patriots that year. We blew the Patriots out and then they won the Super Bowl. We, we always beat, Every you know, but it's when it comes down to crunch time. My, my gotta, point is, my point is, yeah, that's my, my, yeah. my point is, is that if the Chiefs are the more talented team between the two other teams they're in the race for the AFC with, mm-hmm. and they don't beat those teams in the playoffs and get to a Super Bowl, what does it come down to? Mm-hmm. Coaching. Coaching. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the small if, if the Chiefs, Chiefs that, play man. the Patriots right now in the playoffs, you know, regardless, regardless of where it's at, regardless if it's in New England or Kansas City, the Patriots offense is not going to get better at this point of the season. 
So if you can't beat a team that's only scoring about 16 to 17 points a game right now the last month. I don't even want to talk about the Patriots, man. I, I'm scared to like make any kind my of claim. Point, well, my, point, <laughs> my point is this, is that there are no excuses now because the injuries are, the injury bug is gone, at least to this point. And the AFC is not strong like it's usually like it usually is, where you have a predominant favorite in the Patriots playing, you know, kill, killing it on all cylinders right now. It's not happening. The, they have a, a wide open AFC right now. And that's why the Chiefs have to take advantage of. There are no excuses. So, you know, regardless of what we think the Chiefs are right now, they have to capitalize on that because they have the best quarterback in the NFL. They have one of the best rosters in the NFL. And, and, and again, the, the Andy Reid is as much as I get on him. The dude has, has insane amounts of experience, not only in regular season play, but in in the playoffs. So. I'm just saying there are no excuses. That's all I'm trying to say about all this. There, there's no excuses, mainly for Andy Reid. I, I think the main guy you have to look at here is his name's Andy Reid. There are no excuses for him at all. He's the one that controls the team. He's the one that dictates what what like what place to be played. You know, kind of like that. And, and him not being involved in the defense, I, I get it. He's an offensive mind guy, but at the same time, you want. I guess you want the defense, you know, you want to show the defense that, hey, I'm I'm still looking at you. I'm yeah. not just forgetting about you. I'm not going to just let, let Spagnuolo just – like, I'm thinking about you. You guys are part of this team, you know. And, right. and I think he needs to work on that a little bit. I, like, I don't – I'm not 100% on that boat where he just, like, doesn't give a fuck about the defense. Right. Like he just goes and talks to Patrick Mahomes. I think he still needs to be part of that team, you know. He needs to be part of that – part of those – uh play calls, you know, like kind of like talk with Spagnolo, you know, still support Spagnolo, let Spagnolo make the calls, but at the same time, you want to be the head coach and be like, hey man, I think, you know, kind of kind of like throw your ideas out there too to Spagnolo. Don't just right. sit down and let Spagnolo do his own fucking thing. I, I think you gotta show support to the defense, you know. Honestly, it, honestly, it, I think if if more is off of Andy Reid's responsibility, I think it's the better. If I'm just being a real right now. No, but, yeah, but I'm saying like Eric Benemy and uh, Spagnuolo making the calls. That's that's right. But yeah, at yeah, the yeah. same time, as a player, you want your head head coach's approval. All I want is Andy Reid to focus on calling the offense, getting the offense ready to go, and having his players ready and whatever he wants to do, and then just managing the clock. Yeah, yeah, literally, but that's, that's literally that's all a, I want him to focus. That's on. the problem, though, Trev, is that, yeah. that that's actually been Andy Reid's focus for the last at least Seven. decade well, and he still is terrible at clock management yeah. and he's the he's he is the guy that's writing up the plays and is, yeah, is yeah. calling the plays and that is the problem is that i if i'm gonna have a head coach i want that man to at least have some say in what is going on for the full operation Over i, I like i liked it first this whole like him sitting down with patrick mm. and like doing all now at, at this point it's like look patrick has bloomed he, he he's still gonna learn things sure yeah. but you don't need to be sitting on the sidelines with him every time he comes on the sidelines you need to be manning your team. I get that you trust Steve Spagnuolo. You also tr- trusted Bob Sutton. How did that go? That's my point, man. Is that I would I I'm more with Eddie on that one. I would like to see Andy Reid ha- if he is the head coach that we know him to be or think him to be. He needs to be controlling the team as a whole. Yes, and that's how I want. And, and I think as a player, also you want your head coach's approval because that's the guy you're trying to impress. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Spagnola has a say in it, mm. but the final say, the final word comes from the head coach. Uh, yeah, right? and we so, don't know what's going on behind the closed doors. You know, we don't know who's real. I mean. It's it's hard to judge that when we don't really know who's doing what. But, but what we do see is him sitting down. Yes, on, 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 on the game defense days, out there. Yeah, on game days. But like when has Andy Reid ever really been like a defensive minded guy? That's it, it, you know it, I mean? that's not. I don't think that's the, the 
what I'm trying to say. Yeah, because Bill Belichick's not an offensive-minded guy, and he he's out there. He's the one coordinating. I just want I just want Andrew Reid to be part of the team as a whole. I'm with you. I'm with you. I see both sides of it, man. Yeah, I'm not trying to argue one specific side of it, but yeah, just whatever it takes to win is all I want, dude. Like that's all I care about. If he's if you guys think that change is necessary for us to win, then I'm all for that. Clock management. I think if he gives that to Eric Bieniemy, I think if he lets Eric Bieniemy control that clock, right? Clock management. And another big thing for me too is 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 developing a good run blocking scheme. Yeah, our offensive line has and our running backs have not clipped. We have talented guys in the backfield. I'm not saying they're the best, but they're better than mediocre running backs. Shady McCoy is a a potential Hall of Fame running back. At least three, four yards. Right, right. And if and if our if our running backs got on the same page with our O line and we are we were run blocking well. We would be we would be playing great yes. complimentary football, and we I want to see that moving forward. And I think that starts this week. I think we're going to run the ball really well this week. All right, so we're going to leave it there, guys. And when we get back, we're going to get to your questions, the Monday mailbag, your topics, your questions, your takes, whatever you guys posted for us this uh, week on the spoken pod, uh, the spoken page on Facebook. Uh, we're going to be getting those uh, taken care of, and we might have a, a few extra that didn't get submitted on that, but we had some people call in and actually leave us voicemails. There you go. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to actually oh, get to those in a second. I love that. We'll get back to that. After this, Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide, ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, Eddie Ortiz. Yo, yo, yo. It is Monday mailbag time. So let's get right to it. Eddie. What are the questions? What are the topics? What do we got tonight to, right. to answer? First question comes from Billy Hodge. And his question is as follows. Thanks, Billy. Billy. <laughs> oh, Billy. If, if Andy Reid doesn't win the AFC West, do you think he will be fired? Hmm. Okay, I feel like we've had this. He said the AFC West. AFC West. So the division. division. Let, me, let, me just, let me just get out and say it. I don't think that – I no matter what happens this season – Barring the Chiefs miss the playoffs and Andy Reid literally has some kind of like sex scandal off the field, unless that happens, I don't see Andy Reid getting fired at all. Yeah. And that's just how I'm gonna. Not whether I feel that he should be or not. That's a different question. But no, I don't think if even if the Chiefs lose the AFC West, Andy Reid will get fired. Yeah, I agree. I don't think just because there's there is like some underlying excuses about this season with the nonstop injuries at biweekly. Um, granted. If we're healthy down the stretch, that will be that will hurt that that case a little more. Um, so because there's no excuses then, um, but yeah, he's just too much of a big name, too much of an entity in this league. Um, and him and Clay, him and the Hunts have such a, a phenomenal relationship. So the fact that he's their guy, um, I just yeah, I cannot see that happen. At least not this coming season. So yeah, no. I mean, me as wish as I, as it would be true and you know awesome that it would happen. Uh, I don't see it happening either. Uh, I think, like uh, Trevor said, it's like I think there's excuses out there with like the injuries and all that stuff. Mm. There's enough out there to 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 keep them keep them one more year, friendships and all that stuff. Mm. But would it be the right move for the Chiefs to do that? I don't know. I personally don't know. Uh, I mean, based on his track record of him owning this division, that's it. That's probably the wrong move. Just if I'm just being honest, just yeah. off the cuff. Oh yeah, he has. He had, like me and Lance were talking about before the show started. It's like he has done so much to this team. Well, I mean, immediately. It, yes, immediately like, when he got here. Yeah, they, you can praise the guys, but at the same time, it's kind of like, all time. Yeah, 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 but at the same time, but at the same time, it's like those wins 
he has those 200 plus wins he has mm-hmm. there's no ring for him to to kind of go off of that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so we don't know if he's the guy that's going to take us to the super bowl that that's just kind of like the question that everybody has is he the right guy to lead us into that ring that we're we're really hoping for yeah. and i think that's where everybody's coming in like with those questions should Andy Reid be fired because they're starting to doubt him like i said this season is where a lot of fans have have been turned like 50 yeah. 50 it's it's kind of like man he's a like, really really ripped bodybuilder with a micro penis yeah exactly he needs it's, to find that hog yeah jesus you're, you're like you're divided you don't know what you want so yeah. it, it it, it all depends on what. Sure, might need to go yeah. sit down for a minute after that one. Holy it all shit! Depends on what the, the fuck owner did that come from? I got metaphors for days. All right, so what's the next question? All right, the next question comes from none other than Shaggy Shane. Shout out Shaggy Shane. What up, Shags? All right, and it sets follows. While we all know that the Chiefs are a better offense with Tyreek Hill, would you agree with me that KC should rest him and his hamstring this Sunday against a weak Raiders team and have him ready to? To rock, uh, to wreak havoc in New England. No, absolutely not. Um, again, I've I've been teasing this last segment, so it better be fucking good when we talk about the Chiefs <laughs> Raiders. But we're gonna talk about that too. Um, but just because Shaggy asked this question, there's absolutely no reason in the world, like I've said all season long, when guys are healthy, they need to play. Wait, if Patrick Mahomes would have been healthy for the Packers game, he needed to play. Same with the Vikings game. Tyreek Hill is too valuable to this team, too valuable to this offense. For them to sit him down, even though you probably will still beat the Raiders without him, the Chiefs need to start clicking on all cylinders, and you need to get Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek snaps. So if if, if there's, you're always going to risk injury with a player, especially guys that have been hobbled all season. Mm -hmm. But if if Tyreek Hill says I'm a go, his hamstrings healed up, he needs to play. I, I get the whole fear of New England and all that. And we'll talk about that next week when the Patriots game's coming up. But no, under no circumstances with the healthy Tyreek Hill, do you rest him because of the next game? Well, no. I mean, Tyreek's not hurt. His hamstring's not hurt. He's been practicing in full all week. He's not hurt. The only reason he didn't play that game last week is because the he was slipping in the field, which is why he initially kind of tweaked his hamstring because that field kept getting broken up and pulled up and everyone was complaining about it. They just didn't want to risk it in that game. They're going to 100% put him on the field, and I'm yeah. 100% for that. I want to destroy the Raiders. And I, in fact, I, I think he, he's he going to have a big game. Against, I, want to, yeah. I, want to, I want us to show that we're the big daddy of this division still, and I want to make a statement. This is a statement game, and we didn't do that last week again, or the week before against the Chargers when we should have. We should have laid the daddy down, dong down in that game, and we didn't do it. So Trevor's really liking talking yeah, yeah. about dongs. Well, I mean, I've had a couple in me, guys, so let me tell you. <laughs> When you get a couple in me, I can get a little experimental. All right. All right. No, this this segment brought to you by Vienna sausage. <laughs> no, listen, man. I I want to go make a statement in this game, and I want to. We're going to get to that in this next segment, but there's no reason in the world I would think to sit Tyreek. And I know Tyreek for for everything inside of him wants to be out there and wants to wants to put it on the Raiders. Um. So yeah, he's going to play, and I have no reason to sit him. If Tyreek is healthy enough, like you said, Lance, he should play. There's just no reason for him to 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 sit out. There's just no point for him. If he's healthy, if he's a go, put him in there, man. You got to, you got to, you got to build that chemistry be- between him and and uh, Patrick Mahomes that they've missed throughout. Well, think the about season. the fans too. You think the fans are gonna? We're gonna want. We're gonna want to see Tyreek out there. Yeah, right? we're gonna see. We want to see the best version of football mm-hmm. this Sunday. Yeah, we want to get back to that offense, and that's one. That's the main way you do yes. it. Get those two and together. You want your best players to be out for there, sure. Just, just so you can show show this Raiders defense what, what you really have. What's next in the mailbag? All right. Next question is by Eric Hopper. 
and is as follows. What position should the Chiefs prioritize in the draft, free agency, in the offseason? Any player in particular? Well, first of all, thank you for your question, Eric. I appreciate that. Um, as far as I've always had this rule about myself being that I'm an admitted, I, I don't follow college football enough to know individual. Obviously, you're going to have those names that you know about just because of the media, you know, covering them or hyping them up. So you're always going to have those certain names. So to answer your question, Eric, honestly, I, I don't have a particular name that uh, I think that the Chiefs should go after in the draft. Uh, free agency is going to be a little bit more difficult because of the fact that we don't know who's going to be a free agent per se. Like you have your anticipated guys, um, and it's always difficult. And I think that the Chiefs have really strapped themselves in free agency over this last offseason. I don't think they're going to be as active in free agency. I think they're going to re-sign Chris Jones, and I think you're going to see Patrick Mahomes get his contract. So their their salary numbers are probably not going to be used for other players outside of the team. I think they're going to be used more for guys inside uh, of the team, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't want to sound vague in this, but I, I, if, I, if I can give you an answer of what positions I'd like to see the Chiefs go in the draft and in free agency, well, that's a lot easier. I can I can explain that one a lot more. Um, I think that for sure in in the in the draft, I think the Chiefs definitely need to retool at the offensive line position. Yep. I think that's a and, and and I know free agency can be used that like in that regard, but a lot of times you you overspend on offensive guys, offensive line guys, and I don't want to see the Chiefs do that. What I'd like to see them is get some young talent at at the offensive line position and spend low on them to where you can get these guys that are protecting Patrick Mahomes at a low cost. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to see the Chiefs draft a corner for sure. I like Charverius Ward. I like what I've seen from him, yeah. but I don't believe he's a number one cornerback, at least not to this point of his career. And they will have no other – I think the only guys on contract or under contract next year for the Chiefs as far as cornerbacks are concerned, I think it's Rashad Fenton. And maybe yeah. maybe Ooh, Rashad like Breeland, maybe like Rashad Breeland too. Rashad Fenton might become a player too, man. And the point is that the Chiefs really have no cornerbacks. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna probably resign Shavarius Ward because he has played well. But I would like to see the Chiefs go after a corner, and I would love to see linebacker. I would love to see the Chiefs yes. go out there and get themselves a middle middle of the field kind of guy. Mm. Go get your guy that you can build your defense around for the next ten years because they just do not have that guy. So it's, it's, and you can get that in free agency as well. Um, it's gonna be a little bit tougher, and you're gonna have to spend a lot of money. You saw what Bobby Wagner got from the Seahawks; he didn't even leave. You know, he got that money. So uh, in draft, for sure, line, uh, offensive line, corner and linebacker are my three firsts for sure. I do know that wide receiver is going to be a big one. Uh, yeah. This is a draft, like Kent Swanson from Airhead Pride said, this is going to be a heavy draft for running backs and wide receivers as well. So watch out for that as well from the Chiefs. Yeah, um, so based off like the early part, the middle part, and the, and the later parts, early parts, I would love to see us get a corner or a linebacker first. And then um, I would definitely love to see get an, another offensive weapon. I would like to see us draft another running back. I do think Darwin Thompson could be a good change of pace guy, but moving forward, I would like to have like a, a three down type of back, like as similar to what we had in Cream Hunt, or, or or if we can make a move, you know, like we discussed about trying to bring Cream Hunt back, something like that. That could change everything. I would love it, but I would like to see us get another offensive weapon in the middle part of the of the, of the draft. There's going to be plenty of them there, especially how running backs don't don't get taken early much anymore. So there's going to be a lot of talent sitting in that pool of running backs in the middle rounds. Later rounds, I like attacking the offensive line, offensive line, and then defensive line depth because there's always Jim sitting there. So that's definitely uh, that's definitely what I would do for sure. Yeah, and I agree with you guys completely, 100% with uh, those positions. I, I, but I think the main focus for the Chiefs should be the offensive line. We, we've seen how they struggled this year to protect Patrick Mahomes. And, and it's shown. Patrick Mahomes was out for two and a half games. You know what I mean? So we need to do a better we need to do a better job in, in protecting Patrick Mahomes. So, so I think that should be the priority in this offseason is, is not getting your franchise quarterback hurt, you know? So 
And I think the team sees it, and I think the team realizes that you need protection on Patrick Mahomes. You you can't just have him scrambling around. You can't have him just, you know, QB sneaks and all that stuff. He needs to have that protection. So I think that should be the main focus. Obviously, you also need cornerbacks, like you said. We've struggled with cornerbacks since uh, Marcus Peters left, and, and, I mean, that's that's a self-inflicted wound on the Chiefs. Another pl- another another position that I I wouldn't mind seeing get drafted or picked up in free agency would be a tight end. Okay, that's obviously, yep, obviously, I like that. Obviously, in the late late rounds, if there's a tight end in there in the, in the late rounds, go for a tight end or free agency. Go 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 get yourself like a that. tight end yep. because you you got you got Travis Kelsey who's 30, 31, I think thirty thirty already uh, coming into his last was two years of his contract. So you, you gotta, you gotta kind of start building that tight end. Cause, Cause I think Blake Bell is just no good. <laughs> oh, we don't even need to bring him up. He's yeah. not going to be on this team after this season. Yeah, so really so I, I think that should be another position. The chiefs should look into, into bringing in a player to, to kind of, Build in that, that competition, the healthy competition with Travis Kelsey. Okay. All right. Well, what's uh, what's next on the mailbag? All right. The last Moving right qu- along. These are good questions, yeah. guys. Last Keep question is Tommy Carpenter. Okay. Thank you, Tommy. And it says follows. How do you feel the past interference challenge rule is going? Would you keep it next year or ditch it as a failure? You know what? I'm really glad somebody asked this question. Yeah. And the reason being is because of the fact that it has been absolutely atrocious. Um, not because I, I – when I first heard they were doing this, I actually liked it because I felt like it was progressive. It's the way that the NFL is utilizing it. It's terrible. It makes no sense what they're going off of because for the longest time this season, we saw it. No matter what it was, how egregious it was, right. they were not overturning the pass interference call. <clears throat> right. No matter Why? what. Yeah. yeah. It, they literally were just like, hey, we did this for pleasantries. Now shut the fuck up and go on with your day. Right. But then we see the Raiders get that in the Jets game, and bizarre. it was a bad call. Yeah. It was a bad call. They overturned it. Mm-hmm. Not that it was a bad call initially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – I don't understand what the NFL is doing. So as it currently stands, no, Tommy, I, I don't like it. And I kind of hope that they, I would rather them go back to the way it was than this, because right. this version of this shit is not okay with me. So no. to answer your question, Tommy, uh, door number one, or the grass may have been greener on the other side that we just hopped over. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't like it because of the inconsistency for the, for the first and foremost main point there, the inconsistency of it. And, and then the fact that it's, it, it exists as a rule or as an opportunity, but it doesn't ever work. Right. It doesn't I mean outside of that Raiders when we saw it was like which is the most like odd one we've probably seen all year that shouldn't have worked, but it did. Um, but they say it's gotta be an obvious egregious play for it to be overturned either way. But like we've seen time and time again with challenges, but it sh- it was obvious pass interference that wasn't called, right? But it wasn't egregious enough. So you're telling me it can be pass interference. But you're not gonna change it because it wasn't egregious enough. It just doesn't make sense. If it's pass interference, it's pass interference. I don't understand why that yeah. even has to be. Why the egregiousness of it has to be the the, the basis of how you make the the, the judgment of it. Right. So if it's pass interference, change it to pass interference. If you missed it, you missed it. It doesn't matter if it affected the play and that guy couldn't catch the ball because of that defender on him, or either way from either way of the spectrum. If it was called that pass interference and it was challenged and it wasn't, call it. If it wasn't, if it wasn't, right? You know. So it's just the inconsistency and just the it's just odd. I don't understand. I, I mean, they're going to – I think – I'm pretty sure they're going to continue it into next year. I don't see them taking it away. Um, but, yeah, I think we're better off without it. Well, my only question – I mean, my question to this question is how, how many people are in the in the New York review room? Right. How, how many people There's are there, a good, honestly? I think 10, 15 people probably in that boardroom. It's, it's – They have it, all it, working in the, there. Yeah, they, you have your – 
you have your officials on the field, and you have a, I think, a, yeah, I think a ten man body yeah. group like a little up in New York, like that, a little like news station looking thing. Yeah, you're sense. gonna have you have to have a lot of people back there because of the fact that there's a lot of games going on at once. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have okay, so, different officials in there. So do you think there's one assigned per game? Yes, probably absolutely. There's probably a couple per game. There's right. so many angles and stuff. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, I mean, I get it. You don't have enough refs to, to do it or whatnot. It's but not that. It, it, it slows it, the but, game down a lot. Too, but, but at the same time, t- to me, it's kind of like soccer is introducing this uh, thing called VAR, Video Assistant Referee. Right. And obviously you get it's those – pretty cool. You get, yeah, you get those yeah. challenges finally of, of if it went in, did it go in, penalty kick, no penalty kick, red card, no red card. You know what I mean? So you kind of get to review those plays that, that are kind of like fast pacing. You only see like a little blink. Uh-huh. It's cool for, for for referees to go in and kind of watch a slow motion finally, and then kind of go off of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? So and what soccer they and, and and what they do in soccer is they have, I think it's three or four referees behind VAR per match. So obviously you have more than one person making that call in New. Uh, in wherever they are there, but they're actually in that stadium. They're not in New York. Right. So they're in that stadium making that call live and there. So I think the NFL should kind of have more than one referee assigned to the, to the replay. And so you can kind of have more of that, uh, 50, 50 or more of that. Okay. Two of the referees say yes. Pass interference. One say no. Right. And then the kind of like the, the field referee can kind of go off of that. You know what I mean? Like, okay. So, so if two of them are saying yes, is a pass interference, maybe go off of that. You maybe, know? yeah. So, uh, so there's room to 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 grow on this on this uh, uh, challenge per se. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, 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 it all depends on what the league wants to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I liked it, like you said at the beginning, because uh, you were able to challenge those those. Pass interference that rest obviously didn't get the chance to see because the game's so fast paced. So, yes, there's room to grow. Uh, we won't. I don't think we'll ever see it go away from now on. Mm-hmm. I think it's something that we're gonna have to get used to. But we just have to train the referees to to fucking put their pride behind them and, and make those right calls. Yeah. Good luck with that shit. Okay, we have one more question in the mailbag. This actually wasn't on our uh, Facebook group. It was actually sent to me personally. Uh, we have, like I told you guys, we have listeners across the globe and all over the place. We even have people in the military that listen to our show. Uh, we have a, a guy that's pretty close to our our family. Um, we call him Brother Rob. Uh, some call him Roach. Some call him Sack Lunch. My some guy. call him Broccoli Rob, but we call him Brother Rob. He's our brother, and he's out in the Navy right now, so we appreciate his service to uh, our country. And uh, he actually has a question that he wanted to bring up, and he asks uh, – it's actually for Trevor – uh, he asks, how annoyed did Trevor get when I used to get him with that no-look reverse layup on his ass every time we were on the court? <laughs> Man. First of all, I hate you. Um, I started catching on to it a little bit. You weren't, you weren't, it wasn't getting it every time as much, but I got you with them with them, the three-point daggers here and there too, though, so don't act like you weren't getting yours. I used to watch that uh, shit, though, bro. Um, like- yeah, that was the most uncoordinated shit that worked. Every, every time. time, every time, and it, and it wasn't like I wasn't like getting up to attempt to block it. It was always just high enough to get over my 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 vertical, which is not great. I am a, uh, and I'm not I'm not bragging about my vertical whatsoever. So yeah, um, thanks, bro. I appreciate the question. Um, it was it was a pretty shitty feeling, um, because I'm a very egotistic basketball player when I'm on the court. 
as you know, and as Lance knows, and anyone who's ever played basketball with me, I'm pretty mad. As much of a LeBron fan as Trevor is, he's he always played I'm more like opposite. Kobe Bryant. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, <laughs> I like to score. I like to shoot a lot. Um, yeah, no but yeah, and I don't like getting scored on. So yeah, Rob was my kryptonite, especially that one <laughs> it was specific the night. Same move every Lifetime time. Fitness, dude. I cannot he, stop it. He for would the life sit of in the me. post on the right side. No, he would drive the fucking lane. That too. And then like all of a sudden, like he's like. He like transports to the block and like just the ball's gone. I'm like, where'd it go? And then like I see the nets. I'm like, how the hell did the ball just get the net right now, you bastard? Like, so, shout out to shout out to brother Rob. Some good games, I'm sure he'll, I'm sure he'll have more mailbags for us throughout. Yeah, we miss you, man. Like crazy. That's our, Let that's me know our brother. Bro, we can do that again. I'm never gonna let it happen again. No, we're gonna so, film it and we're gonna post it to the spoken. When I'm, gonna watch, I'm gonna watch YouTube videos on how to how to stop those kind of those kind of. Yeah, lives. you're just gonna go buy a Glock and end yeah. it. You know what I'm I mean? Like that's how you do it. Play on stilts. We're just playing naked. So that's our mailbag for the week, guys. Like I said, every every Monday I'll post on the Spoken Facebook page and on our Twitter account at the Spoken Pod. Uh, give us your questions, your takes, your concerns, your statements, whatever you got for us. We'll read them. We'll discuss them like we do every single week. And uh, that's that's it for this week, guys. So um, when we get back, we're finally getting to the segment that we've been talking about the entire show: Chiefs versus Raiders. This Sunday, guys, it's right upon us. We're ready to go. Coming for them cheeks. Coming for that Coming for that ass. We'll Let's get go. back to all of that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local-made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the KC Beard Co. Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell. Yeah. And Eddie Ortiz, we are finally at the segment that I know all you guys wanted to talk about. And yes, I made you wait from this entirety of the show, but I promise you it'll be worth it. Climax is here. We are at the climax. Yeah. And it is bliss. (laughs) Euphoric. (laughs) Chiefs and Raiders this week, guys. This will be the first game that the Spoken Podcast will be out there together. I'm um, really excited about that. We might actually end up doing a video out there as well. We might go Let's Facebook Live, talk a little bit of extended an extended period of, of of what we expect in this game. So be on the lookout for that. But let's get right into it uh, with this matchup, guys, because we talked about it earlier about the Raiders getting whooped by the Jets and in an unexpected fashion, whether you pick the Jets to win or not, no one expected a 31-point victory for the Jets. Mm. Uh, a lot of people were on the on the bandwagon of the Raiders of late. Even some people, even like Michael Irvin, was saying they're going to catch the Chiefs, and he thought that there was a, a really good chance that they're going to win the division. You had dipshits like David Carr going out there and trying to say that the Raiders were going to go on a winning streak. Yeah. So let's see how that worked out. I might talk about him later. For his brother is all he does. Dude. The and, and and so going into this game, we obviously talked about the Chiefs injury report about how the Chiefs are about as healthy as they've been all season. Damian Williams will not play, but primarily every single player outside of Manny Ogba. Will be playing this week, including Alex Okafor, which is too. great news. Yeah, yeah, the entire defense except Manny Ogba will be will be out there playing yeah. this week. On the on the um, on the Raiders side, it's a little bit different. They've been losing players throughout the entire season, and a lot of them have gone to IR. Just at wide receiver alone, the Chiefs or the Raiders released Ryan Grant back in September, which was kind of a head scratching move because the kids seemed to have some promise. Uh, they lost Dwayne Harris to IR, and they the rookie uh, uh, the rookie slot receiver who's been. Highly praised, uh, even through like um, uh, what's called hard knocks. Uh, Hunter Renfro had a couple good weeks. Isn't going to miss this week due to a broken rib and, pu- and a punctured lung. Mm. And then Zay Jones and Marcel Aitman will be asked to pick up the slack in their absences, but we don't really know if those guys can do that. Right. 
Um, there's a lot of questions on those positions. Like I said, they already, they've already had tons of injuries, but their biggest question of concern this week is with their quarterback, Derek Carr, who's making over $130 million. Um, if you've missed it, I'm sorry, he made $125 million in his, in his uh, last contract last season. But if you have known anything, and I'm not big on quarterback wins or losses, but the Raiders with Derek Carr at Arrowhead are 0-5, losing by a margin average of 27-12. to This has not even been a rivalry in Derek Carr's tenure as the, or the Oakland Raiders quarterback. There have been a lot of concerns with him this season as far as his QBR, his quarterback percentage, and his completion percentage uh, in Kansas City or, or from any other, any other team that he faces. It's 63%. At Arrowhead in his career, it's 55%. His, his QBR, which I don't really care about much, it drops 30 points from 44 to 15 at, cool. from anywhere else to Arrowhead. Wow. Um, he averages only 186 yards passing at Arrowhead in his career. This is – this is, and, and, and he tried to downplay it at the media press pa- press conferences this week, try to downplay it, try to say, well, you know, because Jack Del Rio, his former coach, was talking about these issues that he's had. And he said, well, Jack was there also f- with me a couple of times, you know, trying to make, you know, ingest of what the situation is. But regardless of jokes or not, jokes aside, Derek Carr, his his Dante's Inferno is Arrowhead. Absolutely. And 0 and 4, right? Although I don't 5, think 0 and 5. And although I don't believe that last week's game is going to have much to do with this week, I think it still has something to do with this week. And the reason I say that is because of the fact, like I said earlier in the show, even if the Raiders would have lost last week, but like say a field goal, it had been a frustrating loss, Mm -hmm. but they felt like, man, we we could have won this game. Let's go into Arrowhead and prove this one. By the fourth quarter, Derek Carr and uh, Josh Jacobs are on the sidelines with beanies on. Mm -hmm. By the fourth quarter against the Jets. They're not coming into this week thinking they're going to win this game because even Derek Carr said it himself. If we don't come in prepared, we're going to lose by 50. These aren't words. These aren't remarks that you want to be hearing from your quarterback going into the biggest game of the season because that's what this is for the Raiders. And quite frankly, I'm going to be real with you guys. I stated this on Twitter a couple days ago, and I stand by this. I think even though the Chiefs are clearly the better team, Mm -hmm. clearly the favorites to win the AFC West, and should absolutely win this game, the Chiefs should not go into this game thinking they're just going to win. What they need to do is go in there and reestablish themselves as a dominant figure in the AFC. What I mean by that is they need to go in there and try to hang 50 on the Raiders. Yeah. I know that we talk about wins are wins and losses are losses. I, I told you guys earlier, I don't agree with that. You go out there and you blow the Raiders away. You beat them by 30 points like the Jets did. You have Patrick Holmes go out there and throw five or six touchdowns. All of a sudden, the respect level that the Chiefs don't have right now, that changes. Yeah. And the confidence level, quite frankly, for the Chiefs would arise. Because right now, as the Chiefs have been playing, with the fact that they've had all their injuries, they come in this game healthy, and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes and Sammy Watkins and Eric Fisher and Frank Clark and Kendall Fuller, Chris Jones, all these guys who have been dealing with injuries all season, if those guys go out there and have big games, you don't think this makes this team a lot more unified and feeling good about themselves down this stretch of home games against the AFC West and against the Patriots next week? Right. That's going to happen. So what the Chiefs need to do is go out there and beat the living shit out of the Raiders. I'm not one of those guys that believes that you need to do that every week. But the thing that the the Chiefs drive me absolutely crazy about is they do not put their foot on the throats of their opponents. You saw what the Ravens did against the Rams. Did they need to go out there and beat them by that much? No. Sometimes it feels like we have too much class. We have way too much class. And I know that John Gruden and Andy Reid are friends from the olden days, from the 80s and 90s. They've been friends. They've been assistant coaches together. I get all that. 
But this is the game of football, man. You need to go out there. Last season, the Chiefs were feeling disrespected going into that Week 17 game against the Raiders yeah. and won 35-3. to Beat the shit out of them. Yeah. It wasn't even a game. That's what needs to happen this week. The Chiefs need to go out there and have a 47-17 to type of victory. That's what needs to happen this week. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but that's what I think needs to happen because the Raiders, although I don't think they have a real chance in this game for all the reasons I just explained and more, they're depleted. Derek Carr has no confidence in Arrowhead. The Chiefs are a completely better team. They're healthy. All those things considered, the Chiefs need to still go out there and place themselves back at the top of the AFC because they go out there and win by 30 this week. Yeah. You're all of a sudden talking about being a three-team race in the narrative as the media, as far as the media landscape is concerned. Uh, <clears throat> I'll start by saying this: I, I really hope the Chiefs don't do the same mistake the Raiders did last week. Uh, look a week ahead. Yeah, that's not going to happen because you have the Patriots right after the Raiders, mm-hmm. right? So what the Chiefs don't want to do is they don't want to go and look ahead into the Patriots matchup not even thinking about the Raiders because that's what the Raiders did last week. Mm-hmm. And it clearly showed that they weren't prepared for the Jets. They're, they're prepared for the Chiefs, but they're not prepared for the Jets. Yeah, They went into, into New York thinking, oh, it's the Jets. We're going to beat them. It's whatever. Then we're going to go into Airhead and we're going to fucking do our business. Right. I just really hope the Chiefs don't go out there preparing for New England in New England when they haven't even beat the Raiders yet. That's right. just my biggest concern with this team yet. Uh, it doesn't mean it's going to happen, but knowing that we had the pages the week after the Raiders, mm. it kind of it kind of puts that little w- worry in me where it's like, huh, hopefully they don't get caught looking ahead into the schedule, trying to trying to prepare for New England when they haven't even beat the Raiders. Uh, I get it. Derek Carr has a 0-5 record with uh, an arrowhead, and obviously the Chiefs always seem to, to pull away in their head uh, against uh, Derek Carr. Uh I don't think it's gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be different this year. Uh, I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a, a blowout. I'm not gonna say it's gonna be a thirty point blowout, but but I think it's gonna be. It's gonna be up there. Uh, I just, I like I said, I just don't want the Chiefs to look ahead, and and that's just my biggest concern. Yeah, yeah, I I don't think that's gonna happen just with the bye week being the perfect timing of the bye week. Um, we had enough time to prepare for both teams. You know, we could have developed a game plan for the Patriots and I first and got that out of the way and then got back to that after we beat the Raiders. I don't think we need too much of a game plan to beat the Raiders. I'm not saying we don't need to take this game seriously. We beat this team in one quarter last time we played them. Um, and I think this is going to be I think this is going to be a competitive game early, but I think we're going to pull away and we're going to show them who we really are uh, later in the second half. Um just because I've given them the benefit of the doubt, because most of these our division games are fairly competitive, but I do think it's gonna, we're going to end up winning very comfortably. Um, but I think just with the way, like you, like you mimicked my, my sentiments with us coming out and showing who we are, us going out there and and and, and um, revamping what we were doing last year. You know, finding that identity again, bringing that identity back, having everyone back healthy, and it make a statement to you know this is who we still are. Yeah, you know, going out there and getting touchdowns when we get in the red zone within the twenty, you know, not settling for field goals against the Raiders, putting them away early, um, capitalizing on turnovers. Right. When we first, I mean, how many times did we have opportunities to get points off the, the Philip Rivers turnovers? We would always do that last year. Every time we would force a turnover, which would not was not very often we would still put up points on those turnovers and we won a lot of games because of that. We should have won that Rams game because of that, but unfortunately we lost the turnover battle. So we lost that game um, and our defense was actually terrible. Um, but I'm just saying that, that with, with us coming in to play the Raiders, 
Um, I'm not worried about the Raiders, but I know Andy Reid will have us ready. He will have these guys ready, and I think we whatever it is, like you said, whatever it is, he's 0-5 in, in Arrowhead, but the Chiefs just have his number. Yeah. We know how to play him. We know how to get to him. We know how to fool him into making errant, throw, errant throws, bad picks. Him and Phil oh, yeah. Rivers always find a way to give us the ball every oh, single time. And I don't know if it has to do with the cold weather. Um, I, obviously, that is something when Derek uh, uh, Carr's resume that he's terrible at playing in cold weather and obviously terrible at playing Arrowhead when it's loud. So, um, yeah, I'm not worried about this game as far as a competition. But, I mean, as of right now, leading into this week, this is the biggest game of our year so far. Just like last week, leading into the game last week was the biggest game of the year so far for us. We have to keep winning and looking at every week that way. Mm-hmm. You know, because right now, this is the biggest game. Because we lose, we're tied with the Raiders yes. again. So we got to put them away, and then we got to go on to our next biggest game of the year, which is the Patriots. Well, a lot like the a lot like the Ravens game that I talked about a week three about how the Chiefs beat that team without Eric Fisher and Tyreek Hill. They also beat the Raiders in Oakland without Tyreek Hill and Eric Fisher. And Patrick Mahomes was only six and a half, seven days removed from a high ankle sprain he suffered in Jacksonville on that horrible field in Oakland. Right. And like Trevor said, within one quarter, the game was put away. Yeah. And so I'm looking at this Without just from, from, yeah, from a matchups perspective. You have Tyreek Hill and Eric Fisher back. You're in your house. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs had a bye week. They're healthy as could be. They're motivated as hell. This is a big game. And to your point, Eddie, I, I understand the concern because the Patriots game is next week. And from a matchups perspective, that's the biggest game for the Chiefs this season. Yeah. But the difference, like I talked about in the first segment about what it told me about the Raiders, there's a difference because, like I said, I think Trevor was correct in that, that I do believe Andy Reid's going to have this team mentally prepared because they understand that this game has importance. Rather, And, and to be honest with you, the Raiders didn't feel like the Jets game had a lot of importance because it really didn't. Like the, They could have won or lost that game, and the, they could still win this division. So it wasn't a make-or-break game for them, and it was against a bad team. So they overlooked it for that fact. The Chiefs are not overlooking the Raiders because the, the Raiders are not a bad team. They're not a great team. They're not a good team. They're probably not even a playoff team. But this is a division opponent that you have to beat. That secondary is bad. So the Chiefs are going to come into this game expecting they're going to go out there and put points up. And for like I said, from a matchup perspective, with all the injuries the Raiders already have, with having probably the worst secondary, one of if not the worst secondary in all of football, the Chiefs just have too many weapons for them to not score several several touchdowns in this game, and the Raiders don't have the offense that can that can that can combat that. It, Josh Jacobs could have 130, 140 rushing yards in this game, and it may not even matter. No. That's the thing is that the Raiders just don't have enough scores. They don't have a lot of diff- make, difference makers on offense, and Derek Carr isn't the kind of quarterback that's going to go and hang 30, 40 points on the road. Yeah. So this right. is this is more than likely going to be a blowout more than a good game. But this is a time to feel comfortable uh, and, 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 and confident heading into a week as a Chiefs fan. It's this week right now. heading off, Coming off a bye, facing the Raiders in your place. I don't think I've ever felt more comf- confident in, a, in, in but expecting even, a win. Yeah, that's fair. And I, and I can I can yeah. almost agree to that 100%. The only thing I'll say to that is that, in my opinion, this current Chiefs team has not earned that right. I think our defense yeah. is clicking the right The Chiefs have not put away one opponent all right. season. Right. Not one opponent that they've beaten this year the offense, that they put away. Not capitalizing the red zone. Again, even, it goes back to my point. Even, yeah. the week, even week one and week two when they won those games by double digits, mm-hmm. there yeah. were multiple times in that game you're like, dude, like – the Chiefs are like totally unconservative. They're giving right the opposite team opportunities to win the game. Yes. That's my point. So, yeah. so they need this needs to be that game because this is the time of the year where you really got to establish establish yourself and give the give the NFL what your image is well, because stop. this is the time you figure out who you are. Stop being so classy. The, and the get Chiefs, mean, man. the Chiefs go out there and win by three or four touchdowns this week, yeah. regardless of who the opponent is. Right. The, the other teams like the Patriots and the Ravens and the Texans are going to look and go, okay. 
The Chiefs are back. Well, we've seen and it that's all scary. year. We've seen you know it all I mean? year. Every team that's faced the Chiefs has brought their best because they know because of what they saw last year, they know they're going to have to come up there and bring their A game and put up points against us. And unfortunately, we haven't been able to match those points in a lot of games or match the intensity that teams have been bringing our way. So yeah. now we need to be the aggressor. We need to stop being so classy and nice and 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 channel that inner you know badass inside of them. We know we have dogs on this team, and we need to go out there and show that. I want to go out there and just put our our foot on throats, man. There's, I'm tired of seeing us there, being too soft. There is literally, if you look at every single from every single angle of this matchup, there is no reason in the world why the Chiefs should not have their, the most points they've had all season. Right. There's no reason why the Chiefs should not absolutely dominate the the, the Raiders. I will give them that Josh Jacobs is one of the best rookies in football. Yeah. This no kid doubt. is an absolute stud. He's got a good O line. He's an awesome running back, mm-hmm. and they have a really good offensive they line. Yep. So that is the Chiefs' weakness right there, and they do run a power style offense. The Raiders they, do. They run that old school do. sweep, power left, power right style offense. So yeah, that that is something to be concerned of if you had to really pull something out of the bag. Mm-hmm. But like I said, from all angles and all perspectives, there's no reason in the world why the Chiefs shouldn't go into the second quarter up twenty-one to three. It really shouldn't be anything. The Chiefs should absolutely have this game done by halftime. It, it, there is no excuses. Your team is fully healthy. You do it. Like, if, if the Chiefs – let's say the Chiefs would have lost week two in Oakland. Mm-hmm. You can at least say, well, they didn't have Tyreek Hill and their starting left tackle, Eric Fisher. So and, – right. and Patrick Mahomes was hobbled. You can, like, use those. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes is healthy. Tyreek, Tyreek Hill is healthy. Eric Fisher is healthy. Frank Clark is there. Kendall Fuller's back. Like I said, you can go down the list. Even Sammy Watkins Come couldn't find by. a. Even Sammy Watkins couldn't find a way to get out of this game. He's right. he's going to yeah. be playing. So there there is there is the full stack of cards for the Chiefs in their favor against opponent an opponent who's feeling bad about themselves right now that are depleted at several different positions on the field that just, that has an inept quarterback that is better at blocking people on Twitter than throwing a downfield pass. That is where the Chiefs have to excel, and I think that's what they're going to do this week. And I think they're going to establish themselves once again mm-hmm. as the class of the AFC. Even as crazy as that sounds with the Patriots still alive, the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC when they're at their best. With all the teams in the AFC at their best, the Chiefs are the best team. And I will stick with that until I see somebody actually beat them. Mm-hmm. Because since Patrick Mahomes has been the quarterback of this team, there has not been a single team in any of their losses that beat them. The right. Chiefs have beaten themselves every – it's not a cop-out. Mm-hmm. That's a straight-up truth. Go yeah. look at all the four losses last year and the loss against the Patriots in the AFC Championship. Look at all four losses this year. Absolutely. At no point were those teams that just said, oh, you know what, they dominated the Chiefs. They beat the crap out of the Chiefs. Never happened. Mm-hmm. So as long as the Chiefs are not beating themselves, they are the class of the AFC. They need to show that this week. I don't care. Like People are like, well, let's just get the win. and we'll work. No. This needs to be the week that they go out there yeah. and they dictate what happens all night. Go beat the shit out well, of the team. Plus, think about it this way. We know we're headed, we're, fate, we're headed to New England after this game. We want to put the best film out there right. to strike any kind of fear if we can, any kind of fear into Bill Belichick on his game plan and what he needs to do. Right. Let's revitalize the league's fear on Tyreek Hill. Let's revitalize the league's fear on how hard it is to cover Kelsey, and you know you're going to have to double him. Right. Let's bring that intensity back to where, you know, let's say we go out there and we win 24-17 to 17 right. against the Raiders. You know, we scored two offensive touchdowns and a defensive one or whatever, and our offense looks decent. Is that really going to, like, strike any kind of fear into the Patriots? They know that we're still kind of lagging along, you know, throughout this season, not looking like ourselves. But if we go out there and put them a light show, you know, Tyreek's doing his thing, Travis Kelsey's doing his thing, Sammy Walking goes off. You know, if we do all that and we we show that we are ourselves Mm – that's that's going to help us with the, have the upper hand heading into New England right. the next week. So, I mean, 
it, I don't know if we're looking into the New England matchup or whatnot. No, no, we're not. We're going to stick right on this week. I, 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 <laughs> There's no, plenty to talk I'm about. This looking at it. Yeah, yeah. no, uh, it's just this this game for the Chiefs. Is kind of, it's kind of like a kind of like the Titans. That's how I feel with this game. It, it's kind of like a we should win situation, but at the same time, it, it feels like the opponent it, it is. I don't know. It's like it feels like the opponent has like some kind of advantage, even if they even if they don't. You know what I mean? I, I feel like yes, we're supposed to win this game. Yes, uh, I think we're gonna dominate. Yes, I, I think it's gonna be a blowout. But it, it just has that feeling of Derek Carr's gonna come here and just pull some out of his ass and, and do something about it. You know, it, it to me it feels like it's gonna be a closer game than what it should be. I think a lot of fans might see it that way, uh, but I think I think at the end of the day, I think the Chiefs have the the team had the, the the personnel to to be able to beat the Raiders. But like I said, it just has that that feeling of it's it's gonna come down to if the players can perform. If the offense can come out clicking, there's no doubt in my mind it's gonna be a a, a fucking blowout. But if they come out struggling the way they've been struggling. Throughout this entire season, mm. you're gonna get that different feel. You're gonna get that. It's not gonna be a blowout. We're probably gonna just pull, pull, pull by. Look, and if that does happen, I think we have a whole other bag of concerns that we have to talk about with this team. Because then, the, then the concern is, well, it's no longer about the injuries. Like we said, there's no more excuses. So if the Chiefs are struggling against an inferior team at home this late in the season, you have to pull out a victory against a team like this that's struggling the way they are now and as depleted as they are, division rival or division opponent or not, that 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 really opens up a whole other line of questions of, hey, can the Chiefs survive in the playoffs? Are they going to be good enough to win a couple games in the playoffs? Because if you're not able to play, that's why that's why the Patriots are having the questions they're having because, like I, like I said earlier, they've had two wins this season where it felt like losses. Actually, they've had three. The Eagles lost. The Eagles win they had felt like a loss in a lot of ways. The Bills game earlier in the season, that felt like a loss. And the Cowboys game was just terrible. It was a terrible win. Ugly win. So that's why people have concerns about the Patriots, and that's why people are having concerns about the Chiefs. You go out there and establish yourself, like I said, and, and as far as like your 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 concern about like you feel like Derek Carr is gonna pull something out of his ass, if you go back to the week two matchup, Derek Carr was playing a very good first quarter. As we recall, the Raiders were up 10-0 in that game. But again, in context, the Raiders were feeling really good about themselves at that time. The uh, the Chiefs were lacking two important positions on offense with Tyreek Hill and Eric Fisher. And then once the Chiefs punched them back, you saw how the Raiders folded. That is what I'm expecting. I can see the Raiders coming out and trying to play a very efficient-style offense where they're using Josh Jacobs early and often because they know the Chiefs, their biggest struggle is against the run game. Oh, yeah. So I can see them coming out and trying that. But when, the Chief, when and I say this, when the Chiefs score an early touchdown and they get that crowd involved, and then Derek Carr's ver- going against that, not only the noise, but against that temperature, 30, 30 degrees or below, with, with the wind being the way it is and all those things. Yeah, that's a major factor. That's a major yeah. factor. So once the Chiefs get their crowd into it and we're all out there, it's going to be a different story. So I can see what you're saying about it being early on, but for an entire game, there is no way in hell that, yeah. that Derek Carr is going to put together an, oh. an entire game good enough to beat the Chiefs. I just really hope that that this this offense can finally start clicking first quarter, first drive. Yeah, come out firing. They, if they don't do that, this game is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. Uh, 
the, the Chiefs need to come out there and fucking score every drive if possible. Yeah. Field goal, touchdown, 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 field goal, whatever. We you haven't done to, it all year. We haven't started need fast. To, we you need to score. So if this offense zone. comes out struggling, comes out going 3-0 or 3-0, it's just it's just gonna make the Chiefs even more, more desperate to get points. Mm-hmm. So there's gonna be more yeah. mistakes, we, we, more mistakes. We, we talked about it. We touched on it before. How matchups make games. How matchups yeah. are everything, really, for the most part, outside of some you know outside factors. Um, this matchup is the worst matchup for the Raiders. We saw them struggle against the receiving core of the Jets and you know Darnold. Now you're facing Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek, Sammy. All these, it's just their secondary is among the worst. So this matchup is possibly the worst, especially coming with the bruised ego like they have right now. It's just the, I, like I get it. I, I, like, I, I don't get see the many whole, ways of them. I get the whole thing. It it's just my me. my thing. My concern is will we see the offense that was struggling against the Chargers early on? Mm, that's a much better defense. And just yeah. couldn't get get. We've seen it against horrible defense. To where they can't get they they can't get the ball rolling they can't just they can't just continue. But dominance, the, the point dominance, the, the point dominance. though, which I get what you're saying, and and you're not wrong. The, the the there's context to it though, because we talked about earlier in the show that Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill are the best one two combination on this team, and they've only played 19 percent of the snaps together they've been this season. A piece almost you're, every week. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're you're as as expected. Let's knock on this wooden table real quick. The the Chiefs will have Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes for this entire game, which is something they have not had. Almost all season, and didn't have the entire game they played. Yeah, last year. you get him with this against this depleted Raiders secondary with Travis Kelsey in the middle field, with Sammy Watkins on the other side, with McCole Hardman speed, with Shady McCoy, with Daryl Williams. With the with, what I'm saying is, is that the Chiefs, if they don't score at a, at a at a successful and consistent rate, that's on the Chiefs, not because of the Raiders. And if you stack these teams up healthy, 100 healthy, 100 on each side, the Chiefs are still clearly the better team. Right. So with the Chiefs now being the healthy team, almost 100 healthy. With the Raiders being depleted as they are across the board, and the conservative style of quarterback that they have, that like Trevor said, because of the teams and because of where those teams are at currently, mentality wise and confidence wise, it is a horrible matchup for the Raiders. So I would be shocked as hell if we come back here next Friday and before we start talking Patriots and Chiefs, we're talking about how the how the Raiders kept that game close all week. All, all game. I, I I just don't see that being the case. So to that, I'll ask you guys before we go to break. Eddie, what do you have as a prediction for this game? And then we'll go to Trevor. Uh, I think the Chiefs are going to win. Uh, as far as score goes, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on it just okay. yet. Fair enough. We do our we do ours on before the game, so obviously we're going to be out there and we'll probably do a video, so we'll talk about that. But, Trevor, do you have a score prediction right now? Yeah, uh, 45 to 21. Okay. That's actually very close to mine. I think the Chiefs are going to score anywhere from 42 to 45 points in this game. I think, like I said, this is going to be the game where, and I said Andy Reid needs to let Patrick Mahomes go for the single season touch or single game touchdown record. I think that's the game. And I'm going to be there for it. I think Patty's going to have at least, I think Patty's going to have five touchdowns in this game. The only thing is, man, it's going to be a little windy. That's fine. Be, and it's going to be windy and wet. That's fine. I, that's I, the only thing that can, you know, I think we can run the rock a lot, but I think we're going to score. I think we're going to force. I think we're going to get a defensive touchdown. I think our defense is going to like, show like really, Brand- really big this game. Like Brandon Kylie said on our show weeks ago, he said that the run game on this Chiefs game offense is the short intermediate passing. Mm-hmm. So I expect Patrick Mahomes is going to have 35 to 45 passes in this yeah. game. The Raiders are going to try to control the clock. That's fine. Defense yeah. is going to play well tomorrow. I think they're going to play well. So I, I'm expecting yeah. somewhere between 42 to 45 points and the, and the, the Raiders score anywhere from 16 to 23. So that's, that's where I'm at in my range right now. We'll, We'll finalize our predictions yeah. on the Spoken before the game on Sunday like we do every single week. Be looking for that. Follow us on Facebook at the Spoken on, on the group page. Follow us at Twitter at the Spoken Pod. 
And uh, we'll be, like I said, we'll probably go live at the stadium uh, come Sunday afternoon. So, guys, we are at the final part of the show, our favorite part of the show, the part that people always are asking about, about who we're handing these out to. Guys, what's the segment called? Hold this L. It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L. Somebody's got to hold that L. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, veiny, pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant man. That was great. Hold this L. Hold This L, brought to you by KC Beard Company. Since 2014, KC Beard Co. has been handcrafting beard and skincare products with 100% organic ingredients right here in Kansas City. Visit them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at KC Beard Co. and visit them at kcbeardco.com today. All right. Eddie, who is holding the L for Mr. Ortiz, Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo himself? So, for Mr. Yo-Yo-Yo, uh, not only did they get an L yesterday, but they're going to get one today. I'm going to give it to the Cowboys. Mm. When you have your owner go to your locker room and start crying, <laughs> that that on its own should be an L. You can't have your owner Jerry crying. You can't have your owner <laughs> crying in your locker room after a loss. And on top of that, the Cowboys have have yet to beat a team over five hundred this this season. And we're a week thirteen. Yeah. They're about to go to week fourteen. So I mean, I mean, when you are, I mean. It must suck for all those Cowboy fans that were talking Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super mm. Bowl, Super Bowl before they even faced a real team. And since they faced a real team, they have not won a single game. Yeah, they're and, 0 4, I think, against any team over 500. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> that's that on its own tells you a lot about the Cowboys. And when you have Jerry Jones going to your locker room, just bawling his eyes out. <laughs> That was so, like I said, dude, and they're making the cuts back and forth to him during the game. Oh, dude, it was dude. He was like, <laughs> I want to see cry. his soul leaving his body. <laughs> I it wanted was to epic. cry for him, man. Dude, it was, it was just, it, it, yeah. The Cowboys, I, I don't know what's wrong with them. I, I think they're a bad team, honestly. But the Cowboy fans and Cowboy Dick Riders wanted to make them seem like the Super Bowl contenders, and I don't think they ever were mm. to begin the season with. Uh, so. To me, Cowboys, the whole Cowboys organization, from the owner down, you can hold, hold this L. That's, yeah, that's a good one, man. Uh, that was a rough one to watch. The Bills dominated them, man. I, I mean, can't wait to find out which depressing L Trevor's going to be handing out tonight. No, no, no. Do I need to get the harmonica going right now? So a friend of mine's dog died the other night. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like a damn country no. song. <laughs> I don't know if you guys saw the other Trev day. Trev McGraw. Um, the, 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 um, the game between Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Um, so what happened was, oh, Mississippi State was up. Ole Miss was driving. They were going to go down. They needed to score a touchdown and field goal to tie the game. March down there. Uh, uh, wide receiver, um, what was his name? Um, Elijah Moore caught the, the two-yard game-winning – or two-yard touchdown to put them within one. All they needed to do was hit the game-winning field goal or the t- game tying field goal to put it in overtime and give them a, you know, a chance to win the game. Um, he catches the touchdown. This could be an L for him, for their team, 
or for the officiating. I'm not sure how we want to look at this here, but it's an L either way around. Um, he does this little celebration where he crawls on all fours, lifts his, his leg, and like he's a dog and, and like he's pissing on them, which has been done before by other athletes. Like DK Madcalf did that with last year. Um, Odell Beckham's done it before in the pros. Um, I think they've all been penalized too. So this guy should know um, not to do that. So what happened was they got the touchdown, right? Those points counted. They got the six. So we're there within one. Um, and he does that. And then he gets flagged for that. He gets penalized for that. Um, for that, for that, that taunting, I guess you want to call it, which it is no other team that when you need to score on them wants to see you do that. Um, so what that did was that basically not only gave it, took away the chip shot extra point, you know, which is going to be within the 20, 24 uh, yard range. It put him back to about a 36 yard uh, field goal, you know, which is no longer a chip shot. You're not guaranteed to make that. And they missed the field goal. They lose by one. <laughs> You know, I mean, it's just the, the fact that you cost your team. Like, I know I could I could give the the official the officials too to like, okay, yeah. really, dude, that's a huge play. Because fuck like that. the NCAA, you can, yeah, you man. can't have you can't have fun. So really, it's a double L for me because I think it's an L both ways. Yeah, man, fuck. I think it's an L that they lost because they missed the field goal. But I mean, you still got to make that goddamn field goal. So it should it's be really on the kicker. Yeah, yeah, it's with the yes, yeah, so like three L's going out, yeah. man. L, 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 L. Yeah, this, so this is like, dude. <laughs> I was all around in this whole situation. It was bizarre. I watched the highlight. I didn't get to actually watch the whole game, and I yeah. watched it. I was like, oh, my God, what just happened? <laughs> I mean, I know they're not guaranteed because they're just going to tie it up. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantee that they're going to win in overtime. But now Mississippi State is bowl eligible just because of that win because they beat Ole Miss. Um, How much did they lose by? One Mississippi. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, so that is just embarrassing all around. The kicker to miss that get and miss that kick, you still should very well make that kick. Go to OT. The officials are such – Assholes are going to penalize, you know, someone push them back. Jesus Christ! So and then yeah, and then the player and then the player himself costing his team whether he feels like the kicker should have made it or not. You got to have the the smarts not to, you know, you know, it's a no fun league over there in the NCAA, um, and you know they don't like you there, <laughs> so you can't have fun over there. So um, yeah, Ole Miss as a as a team, the kicker, the referees for being dickheads. All you guys are going to have the, um, as a team, go ahead and uh, hold this hell. Trevor and I have a, a big family as far as uh, brothers and siblings and all that are concerned. Huge. There's it's there's huge. five of us, and huge. that and, and most families are considered pretty large. Um, and I would I would like to believe that we would obviously have our backs, you know, each other's backs and whatever it is we talk about or whatever mm. it is we do. Um, <laughs> but there are times that I know that my brothers, if they do something that, is stupid or they're not good at it. I would probably be honest about it. And I definitely wouldn't try to hype them up to the point where it's almost embarrassing. Well, it is embarrassing myself and my whole family. That's the current situation with the car family right now. Um, (laughs) As we currently sit, that was beautifully done by the way. Thank you. Um, (laughs) I think it's put me on blast for some shit or something. Oh, Oh, shit, man. Plot (laughs) twist. Tarantino write that for you. No, it's, it's 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 pretty. I think it's pretty well known at this point because social media is is undefeated and oh, yeah. um, oh, everybody yeah. tends to know things pretty quickly. And there's a tendency that that evolves with any individual, let alone a group of individuals that are just so out of place and so awkward and such. I mean, they're just complete cornballs. And the, the mm-hmm. entire and the reason I say entire family is because it isn't just Derek Carr from the Raiders. It isn't just David Carr, formerly from the um, Texans and Giants. And now with NFL Network, but it's also Darren Carr. And, yeah. and you might not even know who the hell that is other than the fact that Jamal Adams from the J- Jets 
absolutely body bagged him on Twitter this week when Darren Carr decided to pick a fight with safety jet safety Jamal Adams after whooping the living shit out of his brother's team, the Oakland Raiders. Let's get him in a ring. And and his 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 clap back when Jamal came at him and said, "Hey, bro, you're a teacher. Don't you need to be getting ready for class?" He sends him a picture of Gronkowski catching a touchdown over Jamal Adams as if you giving up a touchdown to one of the greatest tight ends of all time is some sort of diss. Got you, buddy. Like, like that's the that's the weird thing about this Carr family is they they they're so I, I don't even know how to really like put words on them, but they're just they're complete cheese balls. Oh, we know plenty of people like that. And and their uh, their their self awareness is just completely lacking. Yeah. And da- David Carr might be the worst of them. Absolutely. Because of the fact He's that paid to do this shit. he picked his brother to win MVP, he picked the, the Raiders to go to the Super Bowl this year, which is his lap. And I think he had the Falcons in the Super Bowl, too, mm-hmm. if I'm not yeah. mistaken, yep. which is even funnier. They've been officially eliminated yesterday. Yeah, they got officially eliminated <laughs> by week 12, week 13, and they're already done. Um, yeah, he's good at his job. But but then he sits there and he sits there. He talks about how the, the Raiders are going to beat the Jets and they're going to beat the Chiefs. And, mm. and I already have L's lined up for him for the Jets game alone. But you're picking your brother who's never won at Arrowhead with the depleted roster that he has, one of the worst teams he's had in the last three or four years, to go into Arrowhead and beat one of the better Chiefs teams that have been around the last decade. Like, that's it, it, just it, – I get it. If my brother was a quarterback in the NFL, I'd have his back. But if I'm paid to have actual <laughs> non-biased analytical takes – I'm not going to be that shitty. No right. offense, Trev or Jared or Brandon, yeah. any of my yeah. other brothers out no, there. Yeah. But it's it's this this Darren Carr. I'm sorry, bro. The, the the high school coach, teacher guy, dude, stay in your freaking lane. Like, don't be coming at Jamal Adams because that dude just straight up body bagged you. Like he body bagged your brother on the field, and he'd probably go on NFL Network and body bag your other brother David if he could. So that whole family, the Carr family, you dipshits, go ahead and do this guy over here on this side of the mic a favor and hold this hell. God, I, I want to get one. I'm going to give it to them every week, and they and they've all blocked me now on Twitter for just simply coming at them with some yeah. simple facts. They don't they have, like that they have stuff. Like certain trigger words that are like in their algorithm, yeah, they block you immediately if you use any of those triggers. Well, words. I like how Dave, Derek Carr was cussing on the field, and I tweet, I'm like, hey, that wasn't very Christ-like, yeah, there bro. Was a, there was an F bomb. Uh, hopefully, you can post your Bible verses though before repent. blocking me. But anyway, uh, this was an absolute blast tonight's show, guys. Um, cannot wait to be out there at Arrowhead Stadium with my guys over here for the Spoken Podcast. If you're going to be at the game and you're listening to this. Hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook. Let us know where you're going to be. Uh, we'll be out in probably Lot B primarily, but we'll, we'll be out and about. We'll be out there all day long. And we're going to probably go Facebook Live as well to give you guys an extended period of the show. It'll be an extension of Episode 40, if you will. Yep. And we're going to give you guys our actual breakdown takes because we will be posting our predictions for the entire week of football-slated games. Yep. But we will give you guys our predictions again if we go Facebook Live as well. So we're looking for that. Yeah, be looking out for us. Man. Yeah, come, come hang out with us. Yeah, for sure. We'll have some food. We'll have some drinks. We'll talk football. More importantly, we're going to go out there and we're going to watch the Chiefs get a victory. And that's what we're excited about, and that's what we're glad to be out there. And uh, we obviously appreciate all you guys that listen, whether you've been here since the beginning, you came here in the middle, or you just started with us. We appreciate that. I talked to a guy today. He said he was going to subscribe to us because he was already a big AP fan. Mm-hmm. We've obviously had our guy Ken on the show before. We're big fans of those guys over there. So de- definitely tell your friends about it, guys. Let them know to come over here on the Spoken Podcast. We do weekly pods. You can talk sports with us all week long on our Facebook page and our Twitter account as well. We're definitely looking forward to this week. We're so excited for Eddie Ortiz, for Trevor Twidwell. I'm Lance Twidwell here inside the KC Beardco Studios, wrapping wrapping up episode 40. And for the Spoken Podcast, we're out. Later. See ya. We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned into the Spoken. I might actually stick. I might actually stick around for a little bit.